of the other two? Stratton and Shenstein? We looked everywhere, sir, but... Never mind. It doesn't matter. Have you gentlemen seen your midterm grades yet? Well, they're not posted yet, sir. I've seen them. Mr. Kroger. Two C's, two D's, and an F. That's a 1.2 grade average. Congratulations, Kroger. You're at the top of the Delta Pledge class. Mr. Dorfman. Hello. 0.2. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mr. Hoover, president of Delta House. 1.6. Four C's and an F. A fine example you set. Daniel Simpson Day. Has no grade point average. All courses incomplete. Mr. Blue... Mr. Blutowski. Zero point zero. Now I want you to tell Mr. Stratton and Mr. Schoenstein exactly what I'm about to tell you now. What's that, sir? You're out. Finished at Faber. Expelled. I want you off this campus at nine o'clock Monday morning. And I'm sure you'll be happy to know that I have notified your local draft boards and told them that you are now all, all eligible for military service. Well? Well? Out with it! going to be the best day ever. I can already tell. Why, hello, it's six minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this is the month of August in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. Uh, it's the uh, Rick Emerson uh, radio program. Thank you for joining us today. It is Monday and welcome to day 12. Can you drop my microphone ever so slightly? Drop it? Drop it, Rick Emerson? I know. I know. It's, it's opposite. It's bizarro world, Rick, day today. Uh, anywho, uh, why, hello. It is uh, Monday. It's 503-733-2970. If you want to join us today, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, for your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, uh, what have you. Richie Bristol, back, tan, rested, presumably still rash-covered. Uh, ready to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, uh, anything in between the just plain weird, perverse, or unclassifiable. It is uh, Monday. Hello and howdy. Hope your weekend was satisfying in all aspects and regards. Uh, you can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right. I got in early today, and I started working on the show early today, and I'm still behind because there's so much to get to. Uh, first of all, Richie Bristol, I know you're not much in the... Uh, I know you're not very functional this morning, but can you do me a huge favor, uh, Richie Bristol? Can you um, can you go up to my office? Well, never mind. Uh, Richie, can you just come into the studio for a second? It's going to be easier to tell you this in person. 
If you can join us in the studio, Richie Bristol. <laughs> it's so good to see Richie. Wow, I just I'm saw him. Him. I just saw him jogging down the hallway, and it looked like you were about to fall apart at the seams, dude. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Walking bull legged. Okay. How's the rash? How's the rash? Itchy. <laughs> wow. It hasn't cleared up. Uh, well, I walked all the way till Saturday. I mean. But like, if you if you walk a lot, isn't that chafing, not a rash? Like a rash might be something going wrong. Oh. I think he was using the words rash and chafe. Sort no, of... but he said it was itchy. That's a rash. Well, but I mean, it's, but if you chafe it, it gets there's bumps and stuff. All right. And stuff. Bumps and stuff. You're right. It's the and stuff that really sells that line. Now, see, now I'm itchy. Damn it. This is like staring at my ant farm for too long, and it starts to get all scratchy all over. Uh, all right. It, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about your interesting excursion to uh, Nevada here in just a short while. Can you do me a huge favor? Uh, when you walk into my office, if you take an immediate left, you'll see... I swear to you, this is true. If you walk into my office, take a left, you'll see a prosthetic arm... <laughs> laying there on a on a on top of a, a thing, you can't miss it. No, you you really can't. There's a prosthetic arm and then there's a prosthetic hand. Between the hand and the arm are my car keys. Uh-huh. This sounds like now I sound like that guy in National Lampoon's Vacation giving chip. Inside that Torino is my cousin. You tell him you my boy and that you lost. Um, the, uh, the uh, what am I saying? Uh, so the prosthetic hand, my car keys there. On my car keys, on that ring is a flat is a you know a thumb drive. Uh huh. I know this makes this is sound this sounds complicated, but it's gonna be worth it. If you can get my car keys on that thumb drive, can you just take the folders, the sound clips that are on there, and stick them on the V drive? Uh huh. You understand everything I just said? Office keys, thumb drive, hand, sound clips, thumb. V drive. It goes arm, hand, thumb. Never mind. All right. If you can just put, if you can just get my keys and take that thumb drive and put those folders in the V drive, that'd be great. And let me know when they're there. Thank you. All right. Uh, I got some stuff. It's one of those things where I was making notes about something on a Friday night, and I think like a lot of people, I am sort of a compulsive note maker and list maker. I mean, it's just, I'm constantly taking notes, writing things down, making. But, but the reason I do that is because once you do it, then you can presumably forget about it. You know, you're writing it down on a Friday, especially with a show like this, where you're always writing stuff down or thoughts. You know, that you want to. There's any things you want to talk about or observations you want to make, but it's just so much work to try to remember everything. So I just write everything down. And then I forget about it until I come in and check my notes. And in fact, but I realize that some of the things, some of these observations I have from this weekend actually have little, uh, they have audio accompaniment. Uh, so we'll get Richie to put them in the V drive and I'll get to some of these uh, later on. Anywho, uh, why, hello there. Uh, coming up today, we have CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, uh, who will be joining us from the Hill today. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum joining us from New York City to where he has recently returned following his one week excursion into Cuba. Uh, for the third time in a row, we've been thwarted on the Ira Melman front. So CNN has all the correspondents you've come to know and love. They have Jim Roop, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Castamame, McCarthy, Dick Uliano, Rachel McGrath. But last week, this new name started appearing on the prep sheet, and the name was Ira Melman. I don't know. I don't even really know if Ira Melman's a man or a woman. I'm assuming it's a man, but, I mean, you can never tell these days. So I just... For three days in a row, I have requested that we speak to Ira Melman, and I've been thwarted every single day. So eventually it's going to come to fruition. That day, however, is not today. Um, what else do we have? Uh, top five songs about prostitution. Uh, we'll get to that today. Top five songs about prostitution later in the program. Taser Watch, Clergy Watch, uh, Cannibal Watch coming up today. Uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will join us. Uh, we've got to clarify this business of the, 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 the Timmy Ryan run, which happens tomorrow. Uh, during the so program, excited. 
You don't even know. I got so many the emails about it. Did he call you this weekend and tell you, like, oh, I'm not feeling so good right uh, now? He, he hadn't tried to weasel out of it yet. Presumably he's going to be back into town uh, tonight. Uh, and then we're going to talk to him today, I think, later on in the show and just clarify once and for all sort of what's happening. Uh, and then the actual run uh, happens tomorrow. So we'll talk about that uh, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Monday. Three children are missing after a plane crashes into a house on the coast. A Salem woman begs a judge, please keep my parents in jail. A new mystery foot is found on the Washington coast. Morgan Freeman is in serious condition following a Mississippi car wreck. Robert Novak officially retires. He will not be back after getting a grim prognosis of his brain tumor. There's been another beheading this time in Greece, and it wasn't on a bus. And JetBlue will charge for pillows and blankets from now on. Yeah, $7. I read that today, actually. At least it'll be clean. That's true. Allegedly. I sure it's flying there uh, to New York. <laughs> Take an extra $7. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want their dirty pillows. I don't I don't want their dirty pillows. All they right. may be clean. Uh, so we, do, you, it, do you have to keep the pillow? No, you have to give it back. No, but, but yeah, that's sure. not true. You could keep that. Can you keep it? I mean, how would they know? I'm totally just going to find the pillow and steal it just to spite them. Just to just to get your frustration on the airlines. Uh, I think I, in the past, I don't think I've done it recently, but I think there was a time in the past when I used to steal not only, uh, not steal, keep. <laughs> I think you've just established. Did I say death camp? I meant happy camp. Uh, uh, when, when I used to take, like, pillows and blankets both, uh, because you just never knew if you were going to, because the thing is, then if you were going to be traveling on some other airline where it wasn't necessarily guaranteed that you get one, you'd already have it with you. It's like you used to be able to do that with the headphones too, uh, and then they started that they started that jazz where it's like the, the, the headphones weren't then interchangeable between airlines. So I mean now the whole issue oh, is they sort have of those three prong plugs. Yeah, that, they're only common on airlines. That's what I. So it's like if you didn't uh, so if you didn't have headphones, you were kind of screwed. So there was a time when you would just sort of if nobody was really looking, you would just sort of into the bag and then you take that home with you. Um, all right, so just before we even. Take one further step here. Let me just say that Richie's going to uh, hopefully dig up this. Uh, he's going to dig up this audio that I got from this weekend, which will allow me to do some of the uh, the notes uh, from Friday night. Uh, I got just a few stories to read before we even take a break, uh, because it's stuff we wouldn't have time uh, for later. But I want to make sure that it gets read. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello. Hello. You're looking spry today. <laughs> Am I? What time? Did, what time did we get to bed last night? It's a good morning when you wake up with hand-drawn knuckle tattoos and don't know where your debit card is. What do your knuckles say? Hands and fists. Sarah has writing across both hands on her knuckles. One hand says hand. (laughs) The other fist says fist. And I was out with Tuggy, and we were going to make his knuckles say tug life instead of, um, you know, tug life. So it was huge. But he gave me the wrong hand first, so I was writing to turn out to say life tug. Life tug sounds like some sort of a life tug sounds like some kind of a low impact CPR. Quick, this man's kind of conscious. Give him life tug. And he got all mad at me. I'm like, you give me the hand that I'm supposed to write on first. I'm like, I just went with tug. All right then. So yeah, did that and lost my debit card. It was all in all a grand night. It was a great second... weekend. How much sleep would you say you had last night? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would say... Will you will you take offense if I say that you sound a little drunk? Lisa said I smelled like alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sound like alcohol, too. Oh, that's too bad. If alcohol could talk, it would be you right now. Yay! Um, wait, so isn't it the second time you've lost your debit card? Yes. Well, no, the first time it was stolen. This is 
me. So you, so your, so your debit card. So you got your credit card or whatever. Is it a debit card or a credit card? Debit card. Oh, that's so much the better because then they can just empty your bank account. Yeah. I know. All right, that's good. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Now is the same, Timmy? You might know this sort of thing. Is the same? Uh, I wrote check. Uh, check ID on the back, though, instead of signing it, so. And that was the same, because on a credit card, right, if, if somebody yanks your credit card, you're only on the hook for 50 bucks if I you tell your so, bank. Yes. Is that the same with a debit card? Uh, you know, I'm not sure if that's the same animal. Uh, somebody should let us know, because then with a credit card, uh, which I didn't have for a long time, but now that I got, <clears throat> now that I got a credit card, if, yeah, somebody yoinks your credit card from you, and you tell the bank, like, as long as you tell the bank, like, hey, my credit card's gone, uh, the, the only, the, the, the maximum amount you can be liable for is 50 bucks. With your debit card, that's a whole different. Uh, that's a whole different thing, though, because your debit card, you can just, uh, depending on where you go, like you go to a, a supermarket or something, and you just you buy some fruit leather, and then the guy says, "Do you want cash back?" And you say yes, and he says, "How much?" And you say, "All of it." Mm. Uh, so, did you tell your bank about that? No, not yet. I was going to go check one more place uh, after the show today. I'd be for telling your bank sooner rather than later because a debit card is much more dangerous than a credit card. I'm not trying to freak even you out. I'm saying you don't want to. Even if they don't have my PIN number or anything, and it says show ID. You know, but the number of places I've gone to uh, where they don't, I mean, where I use my debit card, they don't look at the back. They don't ask me to put in a PIN. I mean, convenience stores are the worst. You go to a convenience store, I don't think I've ever been asked for my ID on the debit card uh, at a convenience store. Credit card, see, and that's, and that's, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because you would figure with a credit card. They would need less proof that it's you because, again, there are these sort of there are things in place to make sure that nobody gets. But you know what it is? I bet the reason that they ask for ID with a credit card and not a debit card is because the credit company probably makes them do that. Because if you st let's just say theoretically, if you steal a credit card and then you go on a spending spree with it. Uh, the credit card is going to be the credit company is going to be out a whole bunch of money, like whoever it is, Visa or Mastercard or whatever. They're going to be out a bunch of cash. Then they want to make sure that doesn't happen, so they tell all the businesses you must check for ID. Whereas with a debit card, the only person who's going to be out money is you, and so that's probably why there's no mechanism in place for that because there's no corporation that's really looking out for the interest of Sarah Dillon. So. Yeah, I'd be talking to your bank about that like sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I and I went to a convenience store and I'm I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm not even sure if that can be if if that can. Be, I'm not trying to freak you out, but I mean if if somebody. Uh, you are trying to freak me out. You keep talking. Well, about I am it. freaking. I think you should call the bank though because I'm not even sure that the, if if somebody uses your debit card and gets uh, cash out of your account that's not yours, I'm not even sure that that's reimbursed by anybody. Uh -huh. Credit card, like I said, they'll only hook you for fifty bucks. If somebody uses your debit card, I'm not even sure that anybody pays well, you back. The thing about the bank is that uh, all the phone numbers that I have for the bank are on, <laughs> on the on back of card. the card. On my card that's gone. That's fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Uh, well, and so forth. Well, something else of interest to the ladies, Playgirl magazine will cease publishing. Really? Yes. Who even knew Play in related news Playgirl magazine was still publishing? Only ladies. Playgirl is one of those magazines that you sort of... I mean, it's not like I'm really the target market for it. The Playboy, uh, Playgirl is one of those magazines you see on the shelf, and you sort of wonder if anybody actually buys it. I mean, I guess maybe the, some of the conventional wisdom is that there's a section of the male populace that would buy Playgirl, but but I think that there's, uh, but I don't think that's the case either, because I think Playgirl, which I've never actually read, so I'm really judging a magazine by its cover. I think Playgirl sort of was like a chick magazine, but then with these like beefcake photos of dudes. Can you remember the first celebrity to pose in Playgirl, Tim Riley? I do. I think it was Mark Harmon. I think it was Burt Reynolds. Didn't Burt Reynolds uh, fold out his altogether in the in Playgirl? I think that was true, yes. Mark Harmon. Also, uh, let's see, also Jesse Dupree from the band Jackal. All right, so before we before we plunge any further ahead, let's just recap a little bit of what happened this weekend. So, so we finish uh, Friday 
And Friday was just, I mean, it was a busy day in a whole week full of busy days. I mean, last week was really good, but, God, it was just exhausting. Just just every single day last week, it was like we were running a 50-mile race. Uh, so I got to the, uh, we got to the end of last week, and I wasn't quite sure what the weekend was going to hold. And then I was talking to Adam from the Pimp Squad. Adam from the Pimp Squad, who was in for Richie Bristol Tuesday through Friday, and who did an exceptional job. But the thing is, he'd already been up working on Adam Carolla all day. So Adam on Friday had gotten up at like 4 in the morning, came here, ran the Adam Carollo show all morning, then came and filled in for Richie. And, I mean, it was just really kind of in a bad way sleep-wise. So I sort of pulled him aside and, and I said, hey, you know, you ought, to, you ought to just go home and get some sleep. And he's like, I can't. we got to go rock at the tonic tonight. And I said, what do you mean we have to rock at the tonic? And so it turns out that Adam from the Pimp Squad, Timmy Ryan from the Pimp Squad, uh, Greg Nibbler from the street team, and Don Sloan from the traffic department upstairs all have a band. And that was the band that I've heard rehearsing on weekends uh, in the KUFO promo place right underneath my office. Because I think I told the story a couple weekends ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, about how I was here on a Sunday afternoon, and I was up there in my office trying to get some stuff done. And then through the floor of my office, I hear this sort of... And I couldn't figure out what it is. And I got on the stairs... And there's this, and there's Timmy and Adam and Greg Nibbler and Don all sort of rocking out by Court and Fatboy's prep area. And so I guess the deal is they all have a band. So Timmy was at the Jamboree last week, or he was gone or out of town or whatever, but apparently they put together some, like, gig at the Tonic, which is their very first public performance ever. So, of course, I had to go. I mean, I had to show support. So they were just a three-piece. So I go to the Tonic, which is, don't get me wrong, I love the Tonic, but it's just a hole. I mean, it's just a hole, like, in the best, in the best sense of the word, where you walk in and it's just like... It's just like the assembled olfactory funk of a thousand decaying bands in that place. So you walk in, and um, and there's uh, Adam and Greg Nibbler and Don Sloan all sort of milling around. And there had been this sort of misunderstanding at the front, too, because I guess, I guess they had gone through about three different names in about 36 hours. Because originally the name of the band was going to be, because they all work at KUFO, too. So originally the name of the band was going to be, you'll have to figure this out for yourself, Originally, the name of the band was going to be a rearranging of the letters KUFO. So you can all sort of put that together on your own time. And I think that lasted about five minutes before Chris Paddock told them to, like, cut the crap and to knock it off. So then they were going to be called Tour de Force, which is sort of a suitably rocking name. So I show up at the Tonic at, like, 9.15 or whatever, for the first go on. And the guy says, all right, there'll be uh, $5. Who are you here to see? And I said, yeah, I'm here to see uh, Tour de Force, sir. And he said, nah, and he looks at the list and he goes, ah, there's no Tour de Force. I'm sorry, there's no band by that name. And I said, yeah, you know, Tour de Force. The, the KUFO guys are supposed to, be, uh, supposed to be playing tonight. And he looks at the sheet and he goes, he does this. He goes, wait a minute. Oh, do you mean Van Nibbler? And I said, I, I, don't, I don't really know. Van Nibbler? And he, goes, and he goes, yeah, I heard him arguing earlier. They're not Tour de Force anymore. They're Van Nibbler. And I said, well, okay, then I'm here for Van Nibbler. Um, so I go in. And the guys take the stage, and I mean, it was really just glorious and righteous and ragged and not like that technically proficient at moments, but I mean, but they sold it. They really did. Um, and they did an ad hoc cover of Spinal Tap's uh, Big Bottom at the end. So anyway, so points to you, uh, Adam, Don, and Greg Nibbler. Uh, although they told me afterward that Van Nibbler, they were Van Nibbler for one night only. Now they're going back to Tour de Force. And then they're going to be the Thamesmen. So uh, I guess the next time they play, Timmy Ryan will be back. So it's uh, really it's a it's it's a glory of rock and roll wonder that's not to be missed. I don't even know what else to get to. Oh, we've got some uh, calls to get here, and then I have some notes from this weekend. And then Richie has put the audio from Friday night in the B drive. Thank you so much.
Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir or madam, as the case may be, you're the first call of the week. Don't suck. Hello. Hi. I was just listening to you guys talk about Sarah Dillon and her debit card loss. Yes. That is so unbelievable. I can't wish she hasn't, like, reported it yet. Because I haven't checked everywhere. I know it's the, yeah. I would say better I, safe than sorry. That would be I my motto. I don't care if you have show ID on the back of it or not. I have show ID on every show ID on everything I have, and it doesn't matter. They never check your ID. I have had credit cards to where I have had CID on the back of it. I've had credit cards stolen that I have never lost out of my possession. I, you know, here's here's my only thing is whether it's a show ID on the back or not. It's like you're sort of trusting your financial security to some minimum wage guy at a, uh, you know, at a Seven Eleven. So that's that's probably not a road to good peace of mind in my and in my estimation. We also have all these stores out here now who are going by the policy. If it's not a purchase over 25 bucks, they don't have to see ID. That's even my on other thing. Is I can never really tell when they're required to ask for ID, when they're not, and when it's just a matter of personal preference. Because I swear to God, there have been times when I put like $14 on a credit card and they'll ask to see the ID. And then there are times that I walk in with a debit card and I buy like $68 worth of things and they don't ask to see it. Yep. It just depends on the store and the store All policy. Right. Like Walgreens, you don't have to, they don't have to see it. Yeah, that's just unnerving. All right, thank you. Yep. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Hey, with uh, Sarah's uh, debit card. Yes, sir. Um, depending on her bank, she might not be on hock for uh, things stolen out of her account. So wait, so the uh, so you think with the debit card there might be that fifty buck uh, sort of limit the way there is with credit cards? Well, no, it depends on the credit card, too. Some credit cards have you owe nothing as soon as your credit card's stolen. Oh, really? So some of the, because it had always been my understanding there was the $50 limit, but you're saying now some of them, if you report it, it just cuts it off right then. Yeah. For instance, when you call into the bank and tell them that you've lost your debit card, they say, well, when did you use it last? And you tell them, I just happened to notice it was missing. The last time I used it was here. And then... Uh, Anything after the last time you used it, they cut off. Excellent. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you bet. All right. There you go. There's that guy. All right. Well, we'll undoubtedly follow the continuing adventures of Sarah's credit card later on in the day. Uh, all right. Let's see. I got. What do we want to hear first? Uh, just some random thoughts and questions I had this weekend or a little bit of audio? Random thoughts. All right. Is there... This, this is a question I have while watching Anthony Bourdain this weekend on his trip to Vietnam. I'm wondering this. Is there an actual Hanoi Hilton? I would say no. You don't think so? Because it's a communist country. Because it's just... No, but you know, but aren't there... But are, there are you saying there are no Western interests there at all? Not that far north. Okay. Because that would just be unbelievably I, I, awkward. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, <laughs> but I, I would say if there's any Western... It would be in South Vietnam. All right. Because then that, cause that then avoids the whole icky question of where are you staying when you go to... Well, I'm going to be staying at the Hanoi Hilton. And then there's just like a long, awkward pause in the conversation. Uh, let's see, what else do we... Oh, also this. Eventually, uh, Paris Hilton will get so old and busted out and broken down that she'll have no choice to make a porn film there called Hanoi Hilton. All right, there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, why did I write down the word Hitler twice? Well, I have no idea. We'll just twice? Yeah, I don't know. I wrote Hitler, Hitler. You didn't want to forget about Hitler. <laughs> Hitler, Hitler. It's easy to forget. I don't know why I wrote that down. That's a note that I made to myself at 9.55. I don't know why. All right. Well, let's just do a couple of these. So this is, Tim, I was thinking of you. So I went home, and my wife was watching, of all shows, Swingtown on CBS. Uh, Boy, goddamn, what an 
unrelentingly sleazy show that it is. It really is. I mean, watching Swingtown just made me feel like I had to go, and no offense, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a... It's, I try to be a team player. I try to support things that are on the CBS television network. Uh, I watched about 30 seconds of Swingtown, and I felt like I needed to go scrub off my skin with some sort of a fish cleaning device. I mean, it's really a creepy program. You know what Swingtown is? Swingtown? Swingtown. Swingtown is like watching... It is like watching a program comprised entirely of the little in-between sex scene moments in bad porn films. That's exactly what it is. Like when you're watching a porn film, and the guy's like, So, uh... I was supposed to deliver this pizza, but I guess it's a crank call. Now what am I going to do that I'm here, you know? And then it's like she just takes off her pants. Swingtown is an entire show just made out of those moments. And the guys have got happy porn dialogue. Totally, and it's just, and it's a whole, and it's a whole lot of, it's a whole lot of like, uh, you know, if he doesn't see what a beautiful lady you are, I'll be happy to remind you. And the guy, I don't know who the lead character in Swingtown is, but it's clearly the guy that you hire when you can't. Get Thomas Jane from the Mist. That's that's who that so it's is. It's not a reality show. It's actually. Oh no, it's a no. It's a drama set in the seventies about couples who are swingers, as in, to swing. Uh, and so we sat and we watched it in just this sort of alternating interest and horror and embarrassment and sort of cringe-inducing awkwardness for about nineteen minutes, and then it was over. So, uh, but here's it was all worth it for this. I have a little bit of audio here. So Sarah, if you can drop that, I'm gonna. We'll see if we can get this to play here. So this is, I think this is a little bit of Swingtown audio, and then it goes into this, it goes into this uh, sort of long, it wasn't exactly an infomercial, but it was like a three-minute spot with Peter Fonda. Have you seen the, the Flower Power Collection ad with Peter Fonda? Yeah, it goes for three minutes. They play it in every episode. Jesus. Does that oh. guy look old and tired and Speaking dead? Speaking of that, I was at the movie theater this weekend, and there's a new Peter Fonda movie on, and it has to do with these old baby boomers on motorcycles. Oh, really? Just cashing in his final few chips? I mean, this is like 40 years ago. <laughs> this is the only thing this guy is known for. Let's, and they're making a motorcycle movie for these just, old baby boomers. That's just I can't sad. The name of it. Well, let's let's see if this is... What have we got here? Uh, let's see if I can get this... Uh, all right. I, on the other hand, am not the kind of person any one of your friends would... It's a swing town. What? Like that. Like that. You are a beautiful woman, Janet. Don't you ever forget that. Roger is a very lucky man. And you would be a fool not to know that. A little attention from someone else is only going to bring yeah. it all back to you. Sexy. Wow. All right. Can't you just hear the 70s creep in his voice, though? A little attention from someone else is only going to bring else. it all back to you. I'll see you back in there. I'll see you back in there. By the way, you should get tested. All right, so that then we go into this infomercial. And so this is exactly, and then we'll, we'll uh, oh, do we even have time to play this infomercial here? We have here? 40. Okay, so we have Since, time to do this. Uh, Ira Melman was Since there's no one. Ira Melman. Um, He's doing somebody's taxes. So, Ira Melman is just it's the greatest <laughs> name ever. I want Ira Melman to be my agent. I don't know anything about him. I want to you talk to my representative, Ira Melman. So this is the infomercial that Tim that you were just talking about. So this is Peter Fonda doing some, and it's like a twelve disc collection. Yeah, twelve CDs of alleged flower power. First of all, I, I, look, I don't mean uh, I don't mean to, to to you know to to knock music collectors and so forth, but who at this point is still needing to buy twelve CDs of a collection of anything? 
And then they've got Peter Fonda advertising this. And just as you noted, Peter Fonda, who came to prominence in the American psyche in the movie uh, Easy Rider, which was like 67, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's four decades ago. And so you apparently saw a trailer for him in some movie with a motorcycle. And, oh, is it Dennis Hopper, too? Is it Dennis Hopper? And him, I think, both. Okay, well, if you watch this Flower Power infomercial, what's in the background? It's the Captain America motorcycle the whole time. Yes, it's and terrible. he's wearing, like, a motorcycle jacket, and he looks like a skull. He looks like a skull with a bad wig on top of it. He looks like um, Adam West. In the late 60s and early 70s, everything around us was changing. How we looked, how we dressed, how we felt, how we thought. He just looks so the burned out. In this collection were the anthems for those changing times. How difficult can it be to turn on the radio and hear the mamas and the papas? Do you really need to go out of your way to purchase this? That has changed us and the world forever. Time Life presents the complete 8-CD Flower Power Collection. Don't you want somebody to well, there's been so long since we heard the entire Flower <laughs> Power Collection in your home for 30 days for just $12.95. Jesus. You'll get 135 Who's the turn and says that, you know what I need? I need more CDs with Steppenwolf's Born to be Wild on them. I need to own. I need to buy 15 or 20 albums today that feature that song. Original hits by the artists who defined the love generation. But wait, be one of the first 500 callers but to wait. order with your credit card and get free shipping and handling. And his, he's got that thing where he's. There's more. Call in the next 10 minutes with your credit card and get the summer of love. Or Sarah Dillon's credit card. CDs with 40 of the greatest Thanks, hits from that once-in-a-lifetime summer. And he's got that thing where his eyes are just sort of deeply sunken back into his head. It is it is as though they've sort of just super glued him uh, to the floor for this. Now, here comes the best part of this infomercial. I think they'll cut back to him at the very end here. Okay, you can't really see this, obviously, because it's radio, but here, at the end, they cut back to him, and not only is he standing in front of, like, a replica of the Captain America motorcycle from uh, from Easy Rider, which is just depressing, Peter Fond is, like, a thousand years old at this point. I mean, he's older than dust. I mean, he's 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 essentially just carved out of bark at this point. Standing next to him in the infomercial is like a 25-year-old hot, big-boobed blonde girl who never speaks. She doesn't say anything. She's just standing there, and then she looks over at him like Yoko used to look at John Lennon on the Mike Douglas show. She just looks over at him, and she tilts her head, and she smiles and gazes at him, and then she looks back at the camera and, like, sticks her chest out. And that's it. She doesn't speak at all. She has... At no point. Do you have the video up over there? Uh, I don't, unfortunately. I only have the audio. I found the Hellride trailer. Really? Is this? It's the Dennis Hopper motorcycle movie. All right. Can we? Is this clean? Can we play this? I guess so. We'll All right. Find out. Let's play this. Then we'll take a break and we'll come we'll back with Lisa Desjardins. All here right. We go. Here's Hellride. Hellride. That's the worst font I've ever seen. So they're showing the open highway. Gary. This looks like a whole movie. Thanks. Boring so far. Hey, what are you guys doing? That sounds like a whole movie. Yeah, I just we we should preview the rest of this. I just I I okay. fear the worst about this. I'll go we'll go back and play it. Is later. Dennis Hopper in this or is it Peter Fonda or both? It's uh let's see, it's Dennis Hopper. Really? And there are pictures of these are motorcycle gangs. Let's see if we can find the picture here. 
You know, the thing is, if you're Dennis Hopper or Peter Fonda... If these guys are just too old to be acting like you, this. You can just... If you're, if you're, if, especially if you're Dennis Hopper, don't you figure you can just finance the rest of your life by making momentary appearances in films that feature motorcycles? I mean, that's the I mean, thing, right? I mean, with some hot young chick. Of course. Yeah. All right. I love Dennis Hopper in Waterworld. <sighs> you're the only person in history to ever say that, by the way. Uh, oh, I didn't tell you what else I did this weekend. I uh, played in a Twin Peaks uh, trivia. Did you win? No, it was my friend Kyle and I. Uh, everyone else had teams of five. We had a team of two, and we got third place. Good for you. Yeah. That's better than coming in fourth. Exactly. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins. Uh, more observations from this weekend. Uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol a little bit further about his porn, mis- porn, his hooker misadventures uh, this weekend. And uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. Uh, at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by uh, Tim Riley from the Ministry of Truth. Uh, later on, top five songs about prostitution. Uh, oh, we got to talk more about 888, which is coming up this Friday. This Friday, 888, the Emerson Address. That's on the way as well. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, From the Hill. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent and stylish woman about town, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Well, hello to you. How are you? How was your weekend? Satisfying, I hope? It, you know, it really was satisfying. Too, well, kind of. You know, I... Um, I'm up to date on the uh, Canada's economic tax and energy plans for the most part, so that was good. Wow, you're exciting. I know, aren't I? <laughs> it was, it was, it, it's, it's really just, it's, 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 it's crazy being me. That's it's okay. Crazy. You know, would you, would you like to know what I did? See how I immediately turned the conversation to make it all about me? Yes. I, I asked you how your weekend was, and I let you talk about it for about seven seconds, and then it was all just so I could say, but what about me, Lisa? Ask me what I did. Here's what you may have gotten up to date on candidates' economic uh, platforms and so forth. I spent all week laundering T-shirts. That's what I did. What? I spent... Uh, what? How many T-shirts do you have? Oh, exactly? hundreds, 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 uh, like all dudes. Uh, like all you sort of. I think literally you have hundreds of T-shirts. I well, Sarah's never seen my entire wardrobe, like sort of all laid out. But I mean, I, I own a lot of T-shirts, almost all of them black. A lot of black T-shirts. Uh, I got like. <laughs> Jason has he has 110. We counted. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a lot of those. Uh, so I. Yeah, but his, yeah, he, I think you guys have a different color spectrum, the two of you. Yeah, my uh, my wife and I've been on this sort of house cleaning jag just because it started to. It, not a jig. No, not a not a jig. It would not, nor a uh, nor a um, a spree. Wasn't a spree so much as it was a jag. Um, but uh, anyway, long story short, you know how in most couples there's a messy one and a tidy one. The problem is we're both the messy one. There is no there is no tidy or neat half uh, of the couple. We're, we're both sort of cluttery. And so we've been trying to do this thing of, of getting it under control, though. And part of that is that I have the worst possible thing, which is that I have a home office that she doesn't really use, which means that I have no motivation to clean it uh, because she's not ever really in there. And so uh, that's also where my clothing was all kept. And so as a result, I just had, I mean, just an embarrassing, I mean, like a Brian Wilson-esque mound (laughs) of dirty laundry. I mean, it was unreal. Uh, Anyway, so I got this whole thing of like buying some new things to keep my my clothing in and trying to rearrange my wardrobe so that it didn't get so out of control. But I had to sort of start fresh, and so I had to get everything cleaned and put away. So I literally spent, I mean, I would I would guess probably nine, ten hours total this weekend, doing washing, stacking, folding, sorting, or piling laundry. I mean, it was really a gripping weekend at my household. So there you go. 
what has happened? You've pro- your listeners are probably bored with this, but the the ant farm got no attention at all. Oh no no no! I would take uh, during slack moments. I would stop and I would watch. Uh, yeah. I would watch the ant farm. Those guys are unbelievably productive. I mean, they really are. It's, you know what it is? It's like a whole bunch of really OCD people who happen to end up working at the same company. Oh. I mean, and they've got this whole thing where they went down one side, and now they have hollowed out the entire bottom of the ant farm so that there's basically a clear area up on top, a clear area down below, and now about ten tunnels connecting the two. I mean, it's really – it's it's – to do that so it doesn't collapse as well how does how does that work that's what i'm saying it's like how do they they don't really know each other there's no queen to tell them what to do so how do they know how to do it how do they decide who's in charge how do they all suddenly decide what and where the next tunnel is going to be that's my thing ah geeky reference it's like the borg that's but see aaron uh, duran uh made that observation he said the ants are exactly like the borg uh it is very much the hive mind um, and so, but here's another thing. This is what my wife would call um, a stoned revelation, which is one of those things that, meaning that it's one of those things that sounds like something a college kid would come up with at like 2 a.m. Think about this. Think about, I mean, just looking at this ant farm, which is, I would say, about, um, it's, about an, it's about two inches wide, about eight inches high, maybe eight inches across. Uh, and it's just full of these tunnels now. So think about this, because presumably there are ants, you know, like everywhere on Earth. So think about this. Everywhere you walk, underneath your feet, unbeknownst to you, the entire world is just crisscrossed with ant tunnels. Oh, wow. That, that is a crazy thought. I mean, it really is, because, I mean, that's just in this one tiny isolated section of sort of quasi-dirt that they've got. It's filled with these tunnels. And and the only reason the tunnels aren't longer, of course, is because of the, uh, the sort of you know, the physical constraints of the ant farm. So, but everywhere, next time you walk outside, underneath your feet are probably tens of thousands of ant tunnels going off in every direction for half a mile. So, that is crazy. Seriously, it kind of freaks me out. And you do realize that just as though, just as some people serve at the oh. pleasure of the president, we are only here at the pleasure of the ants. We are here <laughs> until they decide to rise. And so are ants, okay, I, I feel like I'm, I'm just extending this, but I, I am fascinated. Are ants something that are just... Um, except for a few breeds, are they essentially innocuous to us? Like, it doesn't really matter if we just don't kind of coexist, uh, you know, other than the, the, the biting, See, this is harmful kind. My, my, except for, like, fire ants and so forth. Right, my, your my, garden variety. My wife and I have been uh, on opposite sides of the ant issue for some time because I find ants, maybe not cute is the wrong word, but really just sort of charming in a way because right. they are just, you know, but it is because they're not screwing with anybody. They're just, right. you know what it is? They're there trying to get a job done. Right. If anything, if anything, you put. Let's say you just put like a, a an old shoe out in your yard. They'll just go around it. Yeah, exactly. They might go. They might investigate, but then they'll just pass. will move around. Exactly. And they're getting things done. They're not uh, malicious. Most of most of them, as you said, if you put down like a, you know, you drop a piece of garbage or fruit or a banana peel or something, they'll come and they'll get rid of it for you. Uh, they'll very carefully take it away. And plus, they can. It's. I mean, they're so strong. It's like you picking up a Volkswagen. I mean, it's just that they. <laughs> Right. Ants really are very, very fascinating to me. They just. Uh, but here's the thing. Can I just tell you this? Uh, at the risk of just sounding more neurotic than I already do. Um, so, the great and weird thing about the ants, of course, they are just so structured that I read that this would happen. But apparently, they set aside one corner of the ant farm that's like the ant cemetery. So, like when one of their brethren sort of falls, they like take him and they like you know, and they put him in like a. So I guess as as the ant farm sort of grows and, and ages, as ants die. Uh, the other ants will sort of take them, and they will put them off in a sort of separate section that is just like an ant graveyard. 
And Did you know? I never knew about that. It's it's totally true, and I guess maybe a little unsurprising. And they said that when all the ants are dead, if you actually bring in new ants, the first thing they do is stack up all the little ant corpses off in some separate area. Um, but wow. I've already got this neurosis going on because I think there's one ant out of all of them that, that, that died pretty early on, and they sort of put him off in the little burial area. But I'm now already uh, so preemptively sad about the rest of the ants dying that I almost want to let them kind of get a few more tunnels done and then just release them into the wild so they can live freely before they pass away. Because I'm already, I've, I've already got like preemptive sorrow uh, about the death of my ant farm. <laughs> well, it, I guess that's good and healthy. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I guess, like, uh, sort of, I don't know, in the way you might say farewell to. I don't know the high school years. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I've got all of this. I've got all this premature separation anxiety about my aunts. Uh, so anyway, so there you go. Well, hey, it's eleven fifty. Um, <laughs> let me know if you have to run anytime real soon. But um, no, I, I don't. I don't. So before we talk about the the veep sticks, as they're calling it, which is this vice presidential thing. Yep. So what is uh, in terms of their effectiveness or their uh, effect on just the general voting populace what is your read on these couple of John McCain ads that have come out first the one with Britney Spears and Paris Hilton and now the one that's sort of mockingly comparing Obama to Jesus you know I think there's something in this that that there there is a little piece of the actual John McCain aside from I think this is John McCain who who honestly has a pretty good sense of humor at times but it's you know it's your it's a military sense of humor it's it's kind of dry it's jocular you know sort of uh um kind of you know a, a smart ass kind of humor right you know and i think that meets up with the republican party uh kind of operatives who have been trained for years to go for the throat and i think what what you see is those two combining in these ads that john mccain you know, does have this kind of personality where he can sort of have fun and he'll call people that he likes, you little jerk, and right. that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not convinced it will be – I don't know if it will be successful or not. It may be. But I, but I think that's what happened here, and I think that um, both, you know, it's like two mag – you know, both sides kind of influence the other in that. I don't think John McCain is naturally a go-for-the-throat kind of politician. He can be, but I don't think that's his first instinct, unlike many other – uh, uh, politicians in general. Uh, but yet, on the other hand, I think most the kind of textbook 101 is go for the throat. And I, so I think that, you know, people who don't have those instincts aren't usually going to say, hey, let's put up a Charlton Heston ad and Moses. Hey, you know, I think you could look at it as, as a, a kind of whimsical and funny. That the Paris Hilton Britain, Britney Spears thing, I think you've got to put that in a different category, though, because, you know, it is tongue in cheek. You know, you can take it on that level. I could see how some people could. Uh, and, I can't make a call either way, but I think there is a legitimate debate that that there's something um, kind of wrong, like more wrong about that. I think Charlton Heston, you get it's kind of fun, kind of punchy, campy, whatever. But these are just there sort of uh, to energize the base, as you would say. I mean, I can't imagine they think anybody's really going to be. These ads seem like such a gut punch in some ways uh, that that they're not even really targeted at swing voters, right? They're just... No, no, it's all about the subconscious. I'm convinced that those two ads... And most ads, in fact, but these two ads in particular are all about the swing voter subconscious, this idea of, you know, wow, I'm really, I am kind of enthralled by Barack Obama. Am I betraying my maker? Ah, (laughs) Oh, so is is this sort of a, uh, where they're they're trying to sort of maybe instill the subconscious doubt in people that they, that they are being uh, silly or superficial, or in other words, that they are embodying some sort of. 
hoodwinked. Right. Yeah. It, you know, I don't, I don't think that he's going to start uh, quoting any of the founders of communism, but it is kind of this uh, – it's one step away from saying Barack Obama is the opiate of the people <laughs> and 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 trying to get people to question their own emotional response, which is – Incredibly powerful with Barack Obama, and it's something that un, that that John McCain does not have. So I, I really think it is hitting on that subconscious emotional level. It's, that's what they're going for here with with swing voters. Uh, and I don't then, know if it'll work, but that's what they're going for. And then, and sort of speaking of the the long sort of death march toward uh, November. So we have here uh, on the CNN prep sheet. Did you write this yourself? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Join. This is. It says every year, political pundits, news junkies, water cooler crowds obsess over whom the presidential contenders will pick to be their number two. Join Lisa Desjardins as she attempts to. I'm quoting now from the prep sheet. Join Lisa as she attempts to read the tea leaves. Oh no no! I didn't write any of those words at all. It's Monday, you know, because I'll write the ones usually for the, during the weekday. But Friday, I. I kind of head out on time. Leafs, L-E-A-F-S. Oh no! So, oh, there you go. Uh, all right. Well, what are the what are those leafs saying today? <laughs> Let me pick up this pile of leafs um, and leaflets. Perhaps that's what they're going with. Uh, you know, we don't know, but we what's happening now is people who want to be vice president are trying to position themselves and are, are pushing hard. Among those people are Evan Bayh, the senator from Indiana, Democrat supporter of Hillary Clinton. Just in the last uh, two hours or so, uh, Evan Bayh's office has sent out a letter, a press release, uh, showing that he and Barack Obama have co-signed a letter with a bunch of other senators uh, to, the, to the Pentagon about traumatic brain injuries. And we can talk about that issue on its own. But the point here is that Evan Bayh is sending out, is, is saying, hey, me and Barack Obama, we are on this issue together. We are going after the Pentagon together. So he, he and his folks are certainly pushing, also pushing two guys from Virginia, Eric Cantor. He's the congressman from Richmond. He's a Republican, trying hard, it sounds like, uh, to get attention and maybe make it onto uh, John McCain's final list. Also, the governor of Virginia, Tim Kaine, is uh, getting a lot of attention, and both, I think, from uh, the Obama camp is sort of leaking, seeing what people think about him, but also a lot of it's coming from, from his folks as well. It does sound like he has been vetted, as it sounds Eric Cantor has as well, uh, and so we know that they're kind of under consideration, but we have no idea who else is out there. This is all a publicity game right now for the uh, guys and potentially some a few women uh, that are now in this final group, but it could be someone that we're not talking about at all. It's all very exciting. It's all very, it's all very exciting. That's. I'm going to wrap things up now. No, no, no. It, it, well, it's just I have to cut myself off because otherwise, you look. We have spent. How long would you say we've been? Well, you probably know because you have a watch. But I mean, we've really been here for like 22 minutes. I had no idea. You're kidding me. Most of it about ant farms, <laughs> by the way. So you know. So there's exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, are you on tomorrow? I am on tomorrow. Exactly. All right. Fantastic. Uh, we will. Uh, we will uh, be, be uh, joining tomorrow. And then if you get a chance. Uh, you can go to rickemerson.com, and there's a little, uh, if you go to my blog, a couple days back, there's an embedded YouTube video. It's not my actual ant farm, but it's the same style and the same breed of ants if you want to see how unbelievably productive they are. It'll kind of break oh, your brain. Awesome. So, okay, that's all right. great. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, guys. Right, there you go, Lisa Desjardins. <sighs> it's a whole hour of this show gone already. I know. Well, thank you for tolerating me talking to the bank people. I can hear I you in the background going, but it's been stolen. Come on. No, somebody somebody did steal it. Yeah. Did you, Has it been used? Yes. Yeah.
Are you? Uh, are they going to cover you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Debit cards are just... my last transaction. I'm like, well, I spent five ninety nine at this place, and she's like, oh, well, it shows at the same place, which I will never go to again. I'm going there after the show and right. looking at them directly. Uh, ran it four times. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't okay. that be a little suspicious? Well, I guess maybe if it was if it was not all at once. I mean, if they wait for the shift change. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, this guy says, I don't know if this is true. He says, um, a little known fact, it is actually against the policy of most cards to ask for ID. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, huh. He says, I think it's a good idea to ask, but it's against the policy of most card issuers. Well, why would that even be? That, that's well, I guess because it's probably it's counterintuitive. not legal unless you sign it. Maybe. Yeah. I just that doesn't make sense at all. All right. Oh, wow. All right. I don't even, I don't even know where to go. Um, so we got to uh, the Peter Fonda audio. We played the Swing Yeah, what did you audio. do this weekend? Uh, well, I, on Friday night, I went to see the uh, the Tour de Force featuring uh, featuring Adam and Timmy from the Pimp Squad, although Timmy wasn't there. Uh, Adam did a great job, by the way. He's not a bad Adam singer seems, at all. Yeah, Adam seems like he's like, kind of a front man. No, and he was, uh, he's a good guitar player, too. So um, so that's what I did, and then I that was at uh, the Tonic at around 9.30 or 10 o'clock or something. And then here's how exciting my life is. I actually made a note to myself because Court and Fatboy did their midnight movie on Friday. Yeah, actually, I was walking by the Baghdad on Friday, and I, I had a beer with Paddock and uh, Susan Reynolds. They yeah. were sitting there. They were sort of hanging out there doing the broadcast, mm-hmm. and then uh, Super Troopers was their midnight movie. So this, I swear to you, in, so instead of, so I went to see the, the, the Tonic you know, show, and then I came back home. And so instead of going to see the midnight movie, I found myself sitting on the couch with my wife, I swear to Christ, watching Oprah talk about late menstruation. So there you go. So there's my life. <laughs> Bam! I rule. Ew. <laughs> um, the, and it was like, I sort of just... Why were you watching that? Well, why was I watching it, or why was why was I in the room? I mean, it's not like I put it on. Uh, it's We were just sort of... You handpicked it. <laughs> please, can we watch that menstruation thing? And it was like this, it was one of those sad stories you see occasionally, and I think we all knew a girl like this, who was like 17, and she hadn't yet become a woman. And I think everybody, did you know a girl like that who was no. exceptionally late? I remember Tamika, though, who got her boobs really early, and everyone thought she was slutty. Oh, totally. And see, I knew that girl, too. Everybody had a girl like that. Uh, I went to school with this girl named Martha, who I don't mean to be crude, but I mean, what can you do? It's part of nature. Uh, we were in, Jesus, I mean, it must have been like fourth grade it or something. Was grade and she was for like, Tamika too. no, and she was like a double D or something mm-hmm. or whatever. At least that was the scuttlebutt among the other girls was that, you know, she's already a double D and she's a whore. It's mm-hmm. like somehow if you had got your bosoms early, you somehow became a whore. That's it. That's it. And it's so mean and stupid, but that's exactly what it was. Like, Tamika, she was. A sweet, nice girl. And totally. And everyone just being like, oh, look at how slutty she is. <laughs> look what a skank she is. Because she has boobs. With her bosoms. Yeah, so Martha was the same way. Like, fourth grade, maybe even early, but I think it was fourth grade. Suddenly, it's like, she went away for summer vacation, came back, bam, like, out to here. And it was just, and even and in fourth grade, I think at fourth grade, because that's how old. Fourth grade is what, like, 10, 11? Like, yeah, 10. I, and so, see, even at, like, at that age, like, if it's a guy, like, it's not even necessarily, like, you're not even really, like, into it. It's just sort of, it's just sort of weird. Like, look at that. That's pretty weird. And she's a whore, you know. So, uh, but on but on Oprah, it was, I say, talking about my Friday night. Um, is that my wife and I were sitting down there. We're trying to figure out what to do because I got him for the tonic. And so I'm sitting. She's sort of on the couch, and I'm sort of sitting on the floor, like leaning uh, back against the couch. And she's like, and the thing is, like, if you if you want to immobilize me, if you just want to make sure that I can't move at all, it's like just give me a neck rub or anything like that, and I just it's like I lose all power of motion. So she's so I was just. 
So as as she's doing that, like Oprah is on, and I'm just sort of like, I don't have the ability to move, so I guess we'll just sit here and watch Oprah. But so while everybody else is sort of drinking and whooping it up with Court and Fatboy, there I am at home sitting uh, with my wife watching a thing on Oprah about late menstruation, and they're talking to the Oprah's seven- on at night. No, but he's on the TV. Oh, okay. Uh, and so there's like this 17 year old girl who's still just like you know looks like she's about 10, and it was reminding me of a girl that I went to school with named Andrea, and Andrea had exactly the same thing like i don't know if it i don't know when it actually because she was a year behind me but i remember when i was a senior in high school she was a junior in high school which would make you what like 16 and still had uh had not undergone the great change when a girl becomes a woman uh and it was just sort of very uh awkward because everybody kind of knew about it like it was the thing that was sort of know that she didn't get her period because she apparently told a girl she like it's that horrible carrie you know, Stephen King thing, right? Where she just, like, at escrow, she's like, so, um, I have this question about periods. And she asked her, and she, the thing is, she picked exactly the wrong girl in school to ask about it, because she was relatively new. She'd moved to, to our to our town. Mm-hmm. And so she picked exactly the wrong girl to ask about it, because I guess she didn't want to ask her mom or something. So this is such a horrible story. So she didn't want to ask her mom, and she was, I guess, embarrassed to ask the doctor. So she, like, asked some girl at school. She's like, so, um... Now, when did you first get your period? Or whatever. And and the girl's like, I don't know, 14 or 30, whatever it is she said. And Andrew's like, so um, so if I'm like 16 and a half and haven't gotten my, is that sort of weird? And the next day, like, everybody knew. Oh, like, the next, no, it is. It's an awful story. So, like, the next day at school, though, like, every single person, Andrea's 16 and a half, hasn't gotten her period yet. So, I was having all of these weird uh, flashbacks to that on Friday night. So, there you go. So, that's my life. I don't know what you were doing on Friday. I was at home watching Oprah uh, with Lara. So, that's like the saddest thing ever. Because I rock. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Well, I don't, the rest of it, we'll probably have to wait to do the rest of this. Um, and then I did laundry all weekend, which was strangely satisfying, though, because I'm a big fan of just zeroing everything out, you know, getting everything back to zero. So I have, as you know, just hundreds of T-shirts. Got them all washed, sorted, folded, stacked, and I created a whole new filing system for my clothing because I'm exciting. Uh, got it all put away. The all my my button downs. I'm taking them all to the Asian woman today. She's gonna get them all done, and then I'm gonna be completely back at zero. And I'm making a vow now to not get because it was unreal. You would wa- I mean, you know, we're both kind of cluttery people, you and I. But it's like I would walk into my home office, and it was just it looked like a landfill, but made out of clothing. I mean, just everything had ended up in the center of my home office. It was just. It was unreal. So it was. Uh, I needed some laundry today. It was. I mean, it was a lot of work, but it was one of those things where you just wanted to dive in and freaking just get it all done. And so it was immensely satisfying to get it all finished. Uh, I spent uh, like a good five hours yesterday working on our soapbox derby car. Good for you. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Coming together. And so when is that? Uh, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday. So it's the 16th. Very cool. All right. And and then it, it, what, the the laundry thing was also, and we had to break. The laundry, wait. Oh, we can't break now. We'll just have to roll into the news hour now. Uh, so the laundry thing was aided by the fact that I, uh, did you ever realize without even noticing it that you've consumed on KCMD Portland, consumed a huge, huge amount of caffeine? Like you just don't even realize how much caffeine you put down. No, I usually drink more coffee at work than I do. God, can I tell you, in the space of less than an hour, I drank a gallon of iced tea on Saturday. I made a gallon of iced tea and was just sort of because that's one of those things I can just that's one of life's real pleasures is the perfectly made glass of iced tea. Uh, I looked up and it was empty and I realized I consumed an entire gallon of iced tea in about 65 minutes. And man, I was just working like there was no freaking tomorrow. So the ants and I were as one in our work ethic that day. Hey, uh, Tim Riley, if you can hear me, uh, I think we're just going to roll into the news hour right here, right now.
on the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, here's what's still to come. Uh, we'll get a couple phone calls. We have the top five, top five songs about prostitution. Peter Carlin will join us. Uh, let's see. We'll talk more about 8808. It's coming up this Friday. Uh, this coming Friday, 888, uh, the Emerson address of 666 was Horns Across the Hawthorne, 777. We have Vanilla Ice. This coming Friday, though, is 888, 2 p.m. Uh, the goal, and I'm going to go back later and sort of read the email that started the entire thing. Uh, but this coming Friday, the goal is to get uh, every radio, every set of speakers, every web stream, everything within Portland and all outlying areas tuned to this very fine radio station so that we can address all of the assembled peoples of the world uh, at once. Uh, and uh, I was looking at the, the uh, Mime Space blog uh, earlier today, and there's actually the, the uh, listeners have made some really, really cool graphics for it. Do you see the graphic Joni made? No, no. Go to my uh, Space. You look at the comments. She made the most righteous... Uh, uh, the graphic for 888. So that's coming up uh, this Friday, and our good friends at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing have uh, signed on to, uh, to help us uh, out with that and to be sponsors of that as well. So that's that's coming up this Friday. We'll be talking more about that. Uh, this Friday, 2 p.m., 888, uh, the Emerson Address, and so forth. Let's see, what else? Um, before the end of the and day... Timmy Ryan's running tomorrow, right? Yeah, we got to get the Timmy Ryan thing clarified in terms of parameters today. We have to do it today, because tomorrow, the actual run... Uh, is happening. So that's it. It's all on the way. Let's do one call, then the news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys are aware. I was looking on those Google Newses here just a little while ago, and Morgan Freeman has been injured in a car accident. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Yeah. Yeah, I got the, uh, the there's a Dark Knight curse emails first thing this morning. Oh, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of curses, um, I went by the uh, the uh, Best Buy and bought the War Games and the, um, the Lost Boy sequels. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, those bastards got me for uh, you know seventeen ninety nine. Now is the War Games sequel? I mean, I heard it was just relentlessly bad. Um, it, there was a whole lot of it missing, and there was a whole lot more they could have done. You know, if they would have if they would have followed the uh, Matthew Broderick's family moves to get away from it all in the uh, decommissioned uh, missile silo, and it's not Y two K compliant right. storyline, that would have been better. Well, but, uh, that's unfortunate. On the cover of the um, of those two films, there's a contest to pitch your movie idea to whatever studio it is. Really? Oh, that, yeah. That sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, I know it. All there right. You have it. Thank you, sir. Good luck to you. Thanks. Final email, Rick. Sad as it may be, I am an owner of that eight-disc flower power set. I, I can only tell you it was definitely an impulse buy brought on by watching that infomercial after having had too much alcohol and information. I do believe the target audience for late-night infomercials is wasted people with nothing better to do. That is me. Great show. All right. My friend bought, like, the entire series of Monster Ballads CDs. One really? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. New time news brought to you by our friends at Leif's Auto Collision Center. Find us collision repair. Go to Leif's.com and find out what Leif's can do for you. Okay, following up on the caller's question, officers with the Mississippi Highway Patrol have released the identity of a female passenger at actor Morgan Freeman's car. He's in serious condition at a Memphis hospital after one vehicle accident near his Mississippi home last night. He has a broken arm and a broken shoulder. His passenger identified as Damaris Meyer of Memphis. She was taken to the hospital, although a hospital spokeswoman said there's nobody there under that name. There's no word yet on her relationship to the Dark Knight star. 
Freeman's car ran off the road late last night, flipped over several times before landing in a ditch. Police believe he may have fallen asleep at the wheel. They used the Jaws of Line to remove him from the car. He was then airlifted to a hospital. Oh, by the way, Tim, you might be interested in knowing this. Uh, there is, in fact, mm-hmm. a Hanoi Hilton. Yes, I just got that. Yeah, somebody sent this to me here. This is it is a Hanoi. It's not the same one that John McCain stayed at. No, that you, you don't get your fingernails pulled out <laughs> at this one. Unless you steal the towels. You can't get your fingernails done, but not pulled out. Uh, so that that's interesting. The Hilton Hanoi Opera Hotel, which is at One Leitang Street, uh, uh, or Leitang Street, whatever, uh, in in Hanoi, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. That's just fascinating. Yeah, I was watching this. Uh, I was watching this whole Anthony Bourdain thing this weekend where he goes to uh, where he goes to Vietnam. And, of course, you know, the deal is he goes there and he tries, you know, kind of whatever the local cuisine is. And there was this great moment where this is a thing you'll never have to suffer as a vegan, Tim, where he went to some sort of weird, like, shack in some like some sort of shanty town of the village way on the outskirts of some part of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And and his the guy who's with him speaks only the most broken of english and so there's and the woman who runs the so-called restaurant which is really just like a hut speaks no english at all mm. so he says well what is it i'm about to eat here because he sees her chopping something up in the kitchen and he says what is i'm about to eat and the translation is such that they identify the animal as squeezel and he's like what is this and the guy goes uh we will be serving you uh roasted squeezel is local delicacy and there's like, oh, this whole awkwardness where he's trying to figure out what squeezel is. Apparently, squeezel, by the way, if you're going to be eating in Vietnam, squeezel equals large porcupine. Here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, closer to home, over on the coast, a small plane crashed into a house with a vacationing family inside exploding into flames in the small Oregon coastal town of Gearhart early this morning. Uh, people are yelling and screaming. The sheriff said five children and one adult were inside the house. And when it was directly hit by that plane, the house next door also caught fire. Parts of the plane were scattered in backyards. And so far, three children are missing over there. And apparently, there was a nearby golf course, and the power was knocked out there. Workers there heard a loud explosion and saw flames shooting from the sky. This is a Cessna 172 that crashed. Two people were stabbed during a melee at a big Vancouver party over the weekend. Officers got several calls about a brawl that broke out at a party at the Lupke Center on McLaughlin Boulevard. About 100 people were at that party. About 40 of them were involved in a fight. The caller is uh, variously reported seeing knives, bats, bottles, belts. By the time the cops arrived, the worst of the fight was over. Some of the partygoers told police they, there was a vehicle full of party crashers, too. And apparently that vehicle was stopped. Remember Some when, people inside identified. Remember when party crashers would just drink your beer, not start a melee with bottles and pipes? Uh, about uh, 20 minutes later, they were notified that a 17-year-old Hispanic male was at a local hospital with a stab wound to the neck. While he was treated, another uh, call came from another hospital. Another Hispanic male had a stab wound. Neither of these are life-threatening, but police believe they both happened at the party melee. Then a, a, a grandma, gun-toting grandma, shot a neighbor. This happened in Clark County. 75-year-old woman is accused of shooting her neighbor in what police said was the latest of an ongoing dispute over a property line. This happened at the 1800 block of Northeast 82nd. 82nd does stretch all the way into uh, Washington. I guess the same time people lived there. Uh, Aleski Gudinov told police he was digging a fence post hole near the disputed property line when the old lady came out of her house and confronted him. And she didn't think uh, he was taking her seriously. Then the man told police she went back to their house, returned with a 22 caliber pistol, and fired a shot at the ground. The guy ran back in the house, called 911, and started using handhold video cameras to record what happened next. 
When he was on the phone with 911, the woman allegedly fired another shot in his direction, hitting the side of his house <laughs> as well as the man's arm. He was taken to a Portland hospital. Uh, Mary Billy has been taken into custody. Miss um, Billy is uh, taken to Clark County. Jail. Stories like this just made me want to reinforce my house with walls of steel and never come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's just, yeah. it's just you are not safe when you are near other people of, of any kind at all. Mm-mm. More than 80,000 people packed the waterfront over the weekend for the Red Bill Flug Tag. I, I was not one of those people. I was one of them. Is that Jesus. a Flug Tag or a Flug Tag? Flug Tag. It was, flug-tag, it was uh, weird, and I've never seen more people there in my job. There were thousands. Way more crowded and than last people year. People going up this ramp into the water to get hurt. Yeah. And I saw somebody, did. one of the guys, when he went off the thing, like, you know, it's all fun and games, haha. One of the guys was in an airplane, and he flew off, and he just goes, Bam! And his, you could see his head hit the front really? of his uh, of his car. Was yeah. it satisfying? No, it was sad because all of a sudden you see everyone pat their heads because that's how they let everyone know that they're okay. And he was just laying there, sort of a slumpy first. kind of a. He was just totally turtle. knocked out, and it and everyone was freaking out. And then like they cut to like footage of like people on boats and stuff, like just everything away from you know the accident. Don't, don't look. Pay no attention to the man slumped just over the wheel. Happen. Well, but I mean that's I don't mean to sound unsympathetic, but that's the deal, right? I mean it's like you. Like that is, there would be no thrill if everything was guaranteed to work. That's like I'll it's just, pretty messed isn't up. Isn't the water there dirty in the first it's place? Filthy. It's filthy. It's filthy. Who would want to fly off into the water into that? Especially, especially with some sort of a neck injury. Yeah. You know what I want to do? I want to snap my spine and be submerged in feces. Uh, so I mean, that's I just I'm, I hope it's everything. It's a huge platform, and they yeah they run down yeah they run and down they the ramp, fall off the end into the water and crash. Yeah, it was it was entertaining. It was Does stupid but entertaining. Work? Aren't they supposed to fly? Yeah, like one of them flew like uh, 55 feet. Okay. So I think that was, that was the furthest I saw. just fell off the end and got hurt. Yeah. Yes, they just fell off. Like some of them would fall apart even before they actually got off the edge. It was pretty amusing. <laughs> <laughs> so Team Yakima from Beaverton took first place with the Big Wheel Aircraft. Uh, they want a trip to Austria where the cannibals live. <laughs> uh, Portland-based uh, Grease Lightning took second place and Freeballin finished third. Freeballin was my favorite. Team Spaceballs won the People's Choice Award. Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. Freeballin yeah. was a giant Converse sneaker. Really? And they had the, the deal was that they had to do a, a skit before they uh-huh. so all of them had like you know a thirty second skit and then they get on. They're all dressed as like little basketball players in a giant red mm-hmm. Converse. And when they got into the water, the shoe flipped upside down and they actually did all the patterning underneath the shoe. That's as well. pretty cool. I was uh, I think I read. What's up with your dog over there? Has he got a little hairball or something? Uh oh. Hold on, let's hear it one more time. He's not going to do it now. Oh, now he's just looking at me all innocently, like, what? I wouldn't make any noise. All right, fine. I'm looking around. There was nobody. Um, uh, But I think they said the last time uh, the Flugtag thing happened, there was like 20,000 people, and yesterday was 80,000 people. So I, It was insane. Yeah. I have never seen that many people I, on the waterfront in my life. I avoided it. I just decided that. I just I cut that knot early on. I uh, I decided I, I wanted no part of that action. Uh, it was totally worth it. It was really cool. I have, uh, j- Tim, I'm sorry. I just got this. I have handed you a fantastic cannibal watch. Uh, Do you have that story? I I do. I posted it over the weekend on my website. Yeah, I I didn't find that out until this morning, so we'll do that as a cannibal watch whenever you you feel so inclined. All right. All right. Well, first, got local crime to talk about first. It never ends, really. The oldest daughter of a couple being held on child abuse charges is pleading with the Marin County judge to keep her parents in jail. Graydon and Robin Drown face several charges of criminal mistreatment. They said they regularly abused nine children who were still at home, from a newborn to a 16-year-old. The couple also have three adult children, including 22-year-old Anya Ward, who was taken from her parents in 1990 over earlier charges of child abuse. So what did they do? They had some more. 
Braden Downs' attorney says given the nature of the charges, Tran will likely have a bail amount set on his ability to pay. The nine children are now in custody in four foster homes. So uh, I guess the father looks like one of the Smith brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That guy, that guy looks like his name is, uh, he looks like his name is Jehoshaphat or something. Yeah. Mystery foot. Now, Washington has one, not to be outdone by B.C. A shoe containing bones and flesh has been discovered in the remote strait of Juan de Fuca Beach, about 40 miles west, west of Port Angeles, which is 14 miles from the Canadian shoreline. The grizzly discovery comes a year after the first of five sneakers containing human feet was washed ashore in B.C., triggering, triggering one of the uh, bizarre cases in history. The latest shoe, described as a hiking boot, does not match any of those found earlier in Canada. But like the four or five already found, it is a right foot. Okay, I guess we can do the cannibal watch. <laughs> Are you dreading it? <laughs> well, might as well get it over with. All right. a little look behind the scenes. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jason, uh, yeah, did, uh, Richie Bristol came in with uh, a question from uh, Vanished Twin Photography, Jason Crump. I already took care of mine. I think the deal is just, if we can just get this, we'll just talk about this on here. So I think the deal is that Jason wants some of the photographs that he's taken of us in the past, he wants to enter them, I think, in a couple of photography competitions. Like some sort of, like, photographs. where photographers submit best whatever. So, but I think he needs a release form from us to do that. So, Correct. there you well, go. That's the deal. Do it with Dave's in. Yes. All right. So, and Richie, mine is in the office signed. It's on my desk. It's in an envelope on my desk that says Jason Crump. So, all right. Here's your cannibal watch. Uh, from, and this, by the way, I had like a thousand different people uh, send me this cannibal watch today. This is one of those stories where it's the uh, just when you didn't think things could get any weirder, yeah. just when you thought things could get no creepier, uh, we have this as your cannibal watch. And I even have some other weirder facts with this really? that I posted on my uh, website over the weekend. Did you? Okay. Here's Tim Riley. A little with your, behind, but we'll catch up here. Here's Tim Riley with your cannibal watch. A police officer at the scene of the grizzly beheading on a Canadian bus reported seeing the attacker hack off pieces of the victim's body, eating them. <gasps> In a tape of radio transmissions, a Royal Canadian Mounted Police refers to the attacker as Badger. Badger? He, he says he's armed with knives and scissors, and he's defiling the body at the front of the bus as we speak. As we speak. Who says that? Is that a 911 call? Yes. Ugh. Well, it, it's, it's uh, the walkie-talkie. All right. On the tape, that lasts about uh, 80 seconds. Officers continue to detail the attacker's movements until one reports badgers in the back of the bus hacking off pieces and eating it. Uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police describes the tapes as operational police communications and, as such, were not made for public consumption, even though they were leaked to uh, websites over the weekend, including YouTube, which has since pulled them off. Officers were responding to the desolate stretch of highway outside of La Prairie, Manitoba, where the bloody attack happened uh, Wednesday on the traveling bus. Vince Weingard Lee, 40, faces uh, second-degree murder charges in the slaying of the 22-year-old man. Passengers said they just reported the bus after a break when the suspect, for no apparent reason, stabbed the man sitting next to him dozens of times as passengers uh, ran away in terror. He then severed the man's head, displaying it, and began hacking up the body. He was very punctual and always cleanly dressed, says uh, one of his Except for the blood. He was very nice and a polite guy. We have no reason... Uh, 
we have no reason to uh, let him go before all this happens. By the way, just did you see this related article where it said suspect in Bussy beheading described as hardworking? Uh-huh. And this is from uh, let's see the Associated Press. A man who witnesses had stabbed, beheaded, and cannibalized a fellow traveler on a Greyhound bus, immigrated to Canada from China four years ago, and worked for a time as a church custodian. He was described as friendly and reliable. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a. If, I mean, that is just so awful and horrible on every level that in a way it almost just becomes. It, 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 I mean. In no world, this, this guy who, who bought the ticket, who ended up sitting next to him, I mean, that would, not in your wildest drug-fueled imaginings would that ever occur to you. That, well, by buying this ticket, I wonder if I'm putting myself at risk of being stabbed and uh, eaten by a guy who will then wave my head around at other passengers in the aisle of the bus. Would never occur to you. All right. So anyway, you, you can read more about this at uh, RileyLive.com. But one of the articles that I found yesterday, perusing the Canadian uh, newspapers, was he was texting his ex-girlfriend back and forth, sending dozens of them. Uh, he uh, told her that some of the other passengers were taking ecstasy as he was counting down the hours by sending a new text at every time he passed. Wait, so this is the cannibal or this is the victim? The victim. So the victim said, so the victim is texting his girlfriend saying, hey, the other people on this bus are taking ecstasy. Mm-hmm. And then, but did the, now do those so people... I, I don't know what effect that would have on them after seeing this horrific thing in front of them. I don't really. I think ecstasy is supposed to have the opposite effect. I know. So maybe this uh, one fellow didn't take it. Maybe, maybe that was the key. He should have taken more ecstasy. Maybe the answer here would have been more drugs. Maybe there wasn't enough to pass around. <laughs> maybe he was just angry. Maybe it's like that. Maybe it's and, like. And a... they were watching Zorro on the bus's television screen. Well, of course, when you take an ecstasy, what else is there to do but to watch Zorro, Tim? Maybe this is like uh, the Milton and Office Space thing. Maybe there's, there's not enough ecstasy to go around and to cut off your head. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, you know, if you're feeling left out, that can lead to all kinds of things. Jesus, what a horrible freaking world this is. I'm just saying this. I mean, man, we we just live in one big insane asylum. This entire world is just one big ball of nut jobs. So there's been another beheading, uh, this time in Greece. A 31-year-old man killed his girlfriend on the Greek island of Santorini. Beheading her then took off in a patrol car. During the ensuing chase, the suspect was shot five times and ran over two more women doctors who were riding in a motorcycle before his time. The suspect was a cook at a local restaurant. He's undergoing surgery at after being shot five times. Apparently, there was a heated argument. He befriended uh, the girlfriend and the girlfriend's dog. Isn't the heated argument sort of implied? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. He, he beheaded the girl and the girl's dog? Uh-huh. See my previous statement about this being a so world filled with uh, lunatics. When the policeman tried to handcuff him, the suspect knifed the officer and flung the victim's head into a patrol car. The policeman was only slightly injured. Then he made off in the second patrol car and ran over a motorcycle before it was caught. One of the two doctors suffered multiple injuries. Seriously, I'm you know what I'm going to start saving money, and I'm just going to live like that Haddon guy in that that movie Contact, where he's just living on a, on a space station orbiting the Earth. That's the only place you can be uh, assured that you will not come into contact with any of the millions of genetic defectives who are running around this planet. All right. Uh, there you go. There's your uh, cannibal watch for Monday. Jesus. Every ticket on a Greyhound bus is a ticket to adventure, Tim. 
Uh, speaking of too soon, we have this about Morgan Freeman. Uh, was he driving Miss Daisy off the road? I know. I already heard all those today. All right. I wasn't going to be that lame. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem being that lame. I got it from Aaron Duran. Sent it to me. I'm just reading I Aaron's email. Uh, all right. Well, to be fair, I didn't even think of it. That's how lame I, I am. I thought of it a few times. And no, no. <laughs> well, that's the Not only one. No. That's that's the only one I can come up with. All right. Here's Tim Riley. An Alabama man is stabbed in a bus over cheap beer. Alabama man! A dispute over cheap beer left one man in the hospital with stab wounds, another man charged with assault. Uh, Skip Dollar is accused of stabbing uh, Mickey Hill during a dispute. Uh, <laughs> the two men were drinking together when Dollar gave Hill $10 to hold for him when he went into the store for more. Uh, Hill brought back only four cans of natural light, a low-cost brand, and Dollar got mad <laughs> that he didn't get more for his money. He said... For $10, you could have gotten a half a case. Four cans of natural light only cost $3 or $4. The victim then asked for uh, one of the four beers and pushed the older man while he refused to hand one over. Then the suspect went into a kitchen, got a big butcher knife, came back and stabbed him. <laughs> I demand more natural light. Dollar is free on $5,000 pond. What's up with your nose over there? Excuse me. I have allergies. You're having the no, best day ever. I know how she feels. Yeah. All right. They always kick in late summer for me. Yeah. I can tell it's happening. Well, Tim sounds much better, though. I feel much better. Yeah. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, Steve Bartley of Springfield recognizes the irony in the way he plans to motorcycle through the Montana mountains. Uh, the whole purpose was to uh, go over there and ride upon this uh, wonderful, twisty, serene, beautiful mountain pass called Beartooth, of all things. Well, he found a Beartooth in a different way. You see, he found a bear gnawing on him. He was thrashing in the nylon tent as a grizzly bear gnawed on each of one of each of his hands. Uh, surgeons inserted pins and stitched him back up. Maybe next year. He was in a tent with his sister that he bought at Eugene's REI store last summer. The tough tent and its rip-stop nylon may have saved his life. There's nothing else between him and the bear, which ran off before he did a good look Wait, at it. Wait, was this one bear or one bear on each hand? No, one bear biting both hands. One, two... Two hands, one bear. All right. Uh, let's see. So REI gave uh, Bartley a new replacement four-man tent for free and threw in a can of bear spray. <laughs> Fantastic. Bear spray? This is really kind If only he had hands with which to use it. <laughs> this is really kind of you folks to do this, said Bartley. <laughs> he suffered serious injuries to both hands. Apparently, he was on the early show on CBS last week after being released from a hospital in Cody, Wyoming. <laughs> He has his stitches out now, but he's going to have to have two pins in his right thumb for weeks now. Uh, the Wyoming surgeon, probably the only one, uh, <laughs> says he'll have an 80 to 100% chance of regaining use of that right hand. Am I alone here in thinking that, that the whole world is just slowly degenerating into chaos and insanity? I mean, it just seems like, and I don't think it's just because of the Internet. I think every day there are more and more of these stories. I mean, it's, it's really, it's just a, I think we have reached some sort of... A, We've reached some sort of chaos event horizon on this planet. Here's Tim Riley. So he spoke more about it that night. When I could hear crunching, I knew my bones were breaking. And I'm just screaming as loud as I can. Then it just kind of stopped as suddenly as it started. Uh, Bartley screams and the yelling of other campers apparently scared away the bear. It was captured last week by Montana wildlife personnel. It's destined for the Bear Research Center of Washington State University. And Bartley has been invited to meet the critter in August. He says he'll go. I've got to go. I need closure. 
Closure. He's now known as Bear Number 495. He'll now be used for research. I'm going to tell that bear, no hard feelings. When you hear a lot of crunching, I knew my bones were breaking. Diarrhea. Here's Tim Riley. Are you talking to that fellow in Cuba? What? Later? Uh, Steve Kastam, I'm 115. Yes, he is back in New York City. Oh, he well, will, he's a Cuban he, story for he'll you be later. Recapping his, uh, recapping his visit to Cuba. Excellent. All right. He might have missed that story. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida police say Reginald Peterson needs to learn that 911 is not the appropriate place to complain. That's Where's you can't even... Fine. Whatever. Jackson Police said Reginald Peterson needs to learn that 911 is not an appropriate place to complain about Subway leaving the spicy Italian sauce off his sandwich. A 42-year-old man dialed 911 last week so he could have his sub made correctly. The second call was to complain that officers weren't arriving soon enough. Subway workers told police Peterson became belligerent and yelled when they fixed his order. They locked him out of the store after he left to call police. When police arrived, they tried to calm Peterson and explain the proper use of 911. But the efforts failed. He was arrested on charges of making false 911 calls. Well, the term low-cost airline could become less relevant. Low-cost New York-based JetBlue is now charging passengers $7 for pillow and blanket kit. Now, but they're not a low-cost airline. They're no. not low-cost. They're anymore. sort of a luxury airline, aren't they? Isn't that the whole deal? I mean, so it I think... It used to be cheap. Not yeah. so much anymore. I mean, it's not like it's Southwest or something. Well, this is the nation's seventh largest airline. It made a name for itself by offering low airfares along uh, with eminent and things like uh, leather seats and free satellite radio. Is that possible? Free satellite radio when you're flying? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I guess the satellites are above you. So. I don't want to listen to the radio. I feel like watching the free cable. Do they have free cable? Yeah, they have cable on. I've never, floor. I've never flown JetBlue. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm paying an extra hundred bucks uh, going to New York and back. All right then. So the pillow and blanket kits are available to people on JetBlue flights longer than two hours. The airline is touting the kits as healthy and eco-friendly, since the contents are made with special toxin-blocking fabric. By the way, this first that sounds made up. Toxin-blocking fabric. What does that even mean? Nobody asked. Is a plan? I mean, what is that? It sounds like a solution to a problem that I wasn't really concerned with. Is an airplane? Is the airplane filled with toxins? Does that mean if you don't get the toxin-blocking blanket, I'm just going to leave there covered in leprosy? You get the regular germy ones. <laughs> Would you touch one of those blankets? <laughs> this, the other ones are all filled with smallpox. I, uh, I'd never touch one of those. It's really your... <laughs> I freeze to death before I'd put one of those blankets on. Well, see, now, here's the thing. Can I just tell you this? I think I don't think I've ever actually used an airplane blanket. Uh, I don't think I... I have. Really? I've, and I have a couple of airplane blankets at my house. Do they throw them away when they're done? Are those one-use items? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they just keep reusing them. The pillows are one-use items, though, aren't they? I think they throw those pillows away. No, I, I still see them put them back up above where the plane comes ah, See, the, because those pillows, you know, boy, is there anything more useless than an airline pillow, though? I mean, it's like just filled with Kleenex. And there's just the, an airline pillow. It's almost just an airline pillow is almost like that is almost the bedding equivalent of like those fake cardboard books that, that like you see behind a guy at like one of those law, one of those lawyer commercials where he's standing in front of a bookshelf. And you know that it's just cardboard back there, that there really are no law books on those shelves. The pillows are the bedding equivalent of that on an airline. There is nothing that offers less neck support than an airplane pillow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might as well just be supporting your head on good wishes and dreams. And there's just a whole lot of nothing there. So, by the way, here's an interesting email. This this guy sort of underscores the point. He says, Rick, he said, what is this business of beheadings becoming so popular? He says, I'm struggling to remember the last time any sort of non-war-related uh, beheading happened in a first-world country, and I cannot come up with anything. Now we get two within four days. This is ridiculous and frightening. 
And then he says, someone needs to cash in on our very valid fears of having our freaking heads cut off by strangers or significant others and begin selling neck armor for everyday that's what wear. I was thinking. Really? That's I mean, that's when you buy your Greyhound ticket. They offer you blanket, pillow, pretzels, neck armor. There you go. I, for one, would pay an extra $2.50 for that. Like they did back in the days of King Arthur. Yeah. That, that armor that you put over your head? Totally. I'd gladly wear that. I Absolutely. I think at this point it's a necessity. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, more airline news. Aquinas customer was forced to urinate in a sick bag after the airline refused to let passengers out of their seats during the extended landing. Uh, the flight heading from Sydney to Queenstown, New Zealand, was diverted to Christchurch three hours into the journey due to bad weather. By the way, that uh, prompts... I'm sorry. Oh, no. The, the passengers had to wait more than an hour before being able to move. It was a smooth flight. There's no reason why everyone, anyone would be kept so long, but the pilot kept the lights on and wouldn't let anybody out of their seats. Then when he finally did touch down, there was a rush to the toilet. A line of about the 15 to 20 long. The lady behind me was screaming, I have to go to the toilet. <laughs> and I saw a man doing his business in one of the airline sick bags. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Is it the uh, number one or the number two? It doesn't say. But, I mean, how would you even, how are the mechanics of that? Is this in the flight or since they landed? They, after they landed, oh, but they see, wouldn't allow it out of their seat. So you could stand up, though. Well, no, but you can't even really stand up on an airline seat, can you, because of the way the seats are in front of you are angled. Mm-hmm. I can tell that you guys aren't nearly as interested in this as I am. No. I, but I'm just. But let's think about it now. So you're, you're in your airplane seat. I'm still thinking about beheadings. Hey, that beheading thing, really. I hate to keep harping on this well, one you point. You can't stop thinking about it. I, I yeah, and I, and I mean, I just keep stressing this one point that I, I, I really think, I think maybe they say this in every generation. Maybe every decade there's a guy. Who's, but I think that I think humanity is really coming apart. I think we're I think that we're coming apart at the seams right now. I oh think yeah. This is it. I mean, I think well, we're still certain, coming back. There are a certain number of people who are going to do away with themselves, but it's not going to be me. No. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Somebody must be left behind <laughs> to sweep up the mess and keep on going. Wait, what? What mess? What are you being left behind from? You're talking about the end of humanity, are yeah. you not? Well, I just I think that we've reached a point where I think we've reached a point where the number of crazy, unstable, violent, weird, or just completely broken people is increasing exponentially. I think we used to be able to control the number of people, or I think there was a static number of people from year to year that, as Stephen King would say, just sort of tipped over inside. Uh, but, but I think that it's happening more and more frequently, and I think when those people sort of come apart at the seams in their own heads, I think it's in a more and more spectacular and outwardly violent way. So uh, I think now is the time to be, uh, whether you're going to move to an island, fortified compound, space station, uh, stilt, uh, uh, stilt village up in Nepal, whatever it is. I think the time is now to be moving. Um, so what, what was my point? Blah, 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 people crazy, beheadings, airline bags. So... So the plane lands. This guy has to go do number one. They won't let him to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He takes the airline sickness bag, which is waterproof, uh, and does his business. I mean, that's almost kind of impressive because I'm... It's not that big. What, the bag? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if I had to use it, if I was your typical American eating a typical American meal and had to get rid of it, I'd need at least two, wouldn't I? <laughs> well, maybe I mean, these bags are modeled after people from the 1960s when they were much thinner and didn't eat as much. Totally. I don't think that can hold an American meal regurgitated. <laughs> and I'd like to see research done on that. Okay. I'll put it on my list of things to do. Uh, so, but if he's just going number one, 
it's weird because you can't even really stand up because standing up straight is, is impossible because there's there's so little leg room between your seat and the back of the seat in front of you. So it's almost like a leaning forward. All right, so there's that. And then my second question is this. Has anybody ever been on a plane where someone had to use that air sickness bag near you? Because that's always there, but you wonder if anybody really has to use it. I've used it. No. Really? You've been ill? You've been sick to your stomach in yep, a plane? I was in Arizona, and we were flying back, and I drank a Frappuccino, and I also had a Pizza Hut mini pizza right before we got on the plane, and I threw up. And you just right into there? Right into there. Was there enough room left over in case oh. you were a typical American? And... I mean, that's the thing. is, like, did the bag, was it full? No, no, it wasn't I hate full. to be this no, guy, but I don't know. Only, like, filled it up, I don't know, probably like an inch. Oh, good for you. Inches. That's not very much. No, that's not enough. Because you know, like, the plane ride was bumpy and it was jostling like a frappuccino. Those bags are unlabeled now. Is that true? They Do they not say air sickness bags? And let you know exactly what they are. You don't know what that bag is for. So maybe if you were from another country where they didn't have air sickness bags. Using it for the other end. Exactly. Um. So, um... And then what do you do with it? Do you do you ring the stewardess? No, I just I well I just got up and threw it away. It where in the bathroom? Yeah. Into the trash? Mm. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't know. I didn't know what to do with it, and I was embarrassed that it happened anyway. I think you have to ring the stewardess. Be like, I've got this vomit. Uh, here you go. I mean, that's got to be one I of. I got them. away with like nobody seeing except for I was sitting next to my sister. Are and... you a quiet vomiter? I don't really. I don't. I'm not a big vomit person. I don't really throw up very often. I can't even remember the last time I threw up. Yeah, me either. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I think it's been probably a decade. I will. I mean, we've talked about vomit a lot on this show, but I, I, I just, I hate throwing up so much. Oh, me too. I hate it more than anything. I'd rather have one of my fingers cut off. I try to avoid it at all costs. Yeah, I, I mean, don't understand people are bulimic. I'm like, really, you can do that all the time? No, see, I couldn't do that. Here's the reason. I, uh, the other reason I couldn't be bulimic. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bulimia seems like an efficient way to stay thin. It sure does. But it, that and my teeth, I couldn't handle my teeth getting all skinny. Oh yeah, all that and all that, like weird, yeah, acid. Yeah, because it totally whittles your teeth down. You look British. So, um, but uh, blah 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 blah. But I know that there are people who are into vomiting in the sense that if they feel sick, they're like, no, 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 just go throw up. You'll feel a lot better. Be that as it may, I just can't bring myself to do it. I will do anything. I will lay on my back and do shallow breathing for three hours without moving if it means that I can force all that 15 seconds of being sick to my stomach. There's nothing I hate more than vomiting. I would, ra- I'd rather be covered in spiders uh, than throw up. I just, there's nothing. I can't, I can't do. I that. hate that feeling, that weird, hot, cold, sweaty, clammy feeling. Totally. Yeah. All of a sudden, your mouth gets really dry. And, oh. It's the watery feeling inside your mouth. That's what gives like, it away. It's, yeah, it's dry, but then your water, mouth starts to water a little bit. Welcome to the lunch hour. Here's Tim Riley. Now you're convincing everyone that they have to do this very soon. What? Vomit. <laughs> I demand that everybody vomit now. All right. Okay, since it's a big topic, more Canadian crime. A state trooper and a civilian were electrocuted while fixing a flat tire in an antique fire truck when the truck's ladder touched the high-voltage line. This truck from the Canadian Fallen Firefighters Foundation was being returned to Canada after a parade in Syracuse. When the tire went flat, a state trooper says the the man was under the truck fixing the tire when a Canadian man extended the truck's ladder to distribute the weight away from the flat tire. When the ladder hit the live wire, both men were killed instantly. How it ended up touching the wires, whether a piece of equipment failed or it slipped and touched the wire, whether it was an act of jacking up higher on one side, causing it to touch, we don't know yet. It's a terrible accident, and it happened to Canadians. Yeah. Let's do one more here, and then we'll take it. Jesus. It is... One more Canadian crime story. We haven't taken a break in over an hour. 12.40. I know. It's crazy. All right, we'll take a break after this.
Ontario police have charged an 18-year-old restaurant worker in <coughs> Kingston, Ontario, after he allegedly stabbed a co-worker in the buttocks with a big knife. Police were called to the restaurant at a shopping mall and discovered the 32-year-old victim and suspect still at the scene. Hung Dong Ling is charged with assault, causing bodily harm and assault with a weapon. The victim required a dozen stitches to close the buttocks wound. They're investigating the cause of the incident. I don't like the phrase, close the buttocks. It's going to end badly. Why am I getting larger? Uh, also this, final note, then we'll break. Do you agree that any injury, no matter how really bad it is, can no longer be taken seriously when it's like an ass injury? You know what I mean? Like, blah, 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 I was shot in the buttocks. It's like you can't... You can take a 12-gauge to somebody, but it's like if it's in, you know, shooting them in the ass, you can no longer take it seriously. You just think it's silly. Doesn't matter. I mean, was was attacked by a guy wielding a wood chipper, you know, at the ass. And, like, that just it renders the whole thing silly. Uh, all right. Who wants to hear? Let's see. Uh, pick a number. One, two, or three? Two. Rick, I have a friend who... Mm, uh, pleasured her male companion under an airline blanket while on a flight to Vegas. Ever since this disclosure, the fact to me, I have never used airline blankets again. Again, <laughs> ever, ever again. Do yourself a favor and just stay cold. All right, there you go. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Let's take a break. And we'll come back after this. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, Tim Riley returns uh, around the corner and so forth. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's an interesting email. Rick, you just ran a PSA about a guy who climbs Mount Everest and he's blind. The organization is Foundation for a Better Life. One. But. What is the message of the ad? Should we be climbing mountains to have a better life or should we be blind in order to have a better life? I am confused. Two. Is the guy the same dude that the ditzy newscaster said climbed Mount Everest but he's gay? Thanks. Best show ever. Uh, it's entirely possible, sir. I, I don't really, I don't really know. Uh, let's see where the hell, where the hell is that? Um, Come on, Rick, you got to prepare for this. I, I got it right. Hold on. We let's do have see the here. best PSAs, though. They're thought provoking. No, I really do. Uh, let's see. Is it under anchor? I think it might be under 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 anchor here. This is um. Oh, is my uh, is my computer up? It sure is. Uh, I think I've got it turned off over here. To interview Eric Weihenmayer. I think it is the same guy. Who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. <laughs> That's so great. Well, oh. it's better every time we play it. Wow. Hold on. Can I got to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. <laughs> Man. No, but you you cut out the uh, like, I mean, he's gay. I mean, I mean he's, he's blind. blind. I mean, he's gay. He's blind. I don't know anymore. Oh, wow. Uh, let's, see if I can, let's see if I can find the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think I have the uncut uh, version handy. Let's see if I can find it on the uh, on the interwebs. Uh, in the meantime, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. I was um, 
watching a bunch of television shows this weekend on the site that's like a George Takai character in Hawaii. Yes. And there's a show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right, yeah. Are you familiar with the show? Uh, yeah, I've never seen it, but I'm familiar with it. I need to, it, it, I think it ranks right up there with Dexter as far as, like, I love this show, but I feel like an awful person for watching it. What is the nature of the show? It's like Seinfeld in a blender with South Park and Arrested Development. Well, okay, then. No, I mean, it's pretty fantastic, but it's just warped enough. Like, they find one show is based around finding a baby in a dumpster. Well, let me put that on my to-watch list. Well, I, I was just wondering if you could mention it to George, uh, George Carlin. Peter I'll Carlin. mention it to George Carlin later today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, just Peter Carlin. I, yeah, Peter Carlin, because I, I just wanted to get a read on that, because, again, right. it, it's one of those shows that I love, but it causes me a great deal of self-loathing. I'll run it by him. I appreciate that, Thank Rick. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. All right, let's see if we have the... Uh... Right after the break, we're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But... He's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. So we'll hear about that. <laughs> okay. As we head to the break. Look. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, just a, a couple brief uh, things here. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. we got to talk about the, we got to talk about Timmy Ryan later on. How about this one? My mom's, uh, you read this, Sarah. My friend's mom is a flight attendant. She says at the end of the flight, they just fluff the pillows, fold the blankets, and put them back in the overhead bin. Oh, God. Here's to somebody else's skin cells. Uh, how about this? Rick, one time flying from Spain to New York City, I vomited 16 times. Imagine the passengers around me. Uh, it was so bad, I had to leave the plane in a wheelchair. Wow. And finally, uh, fans of breasts will care about this. Uh, Adrian Barbeau is going to be at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing today, ladies and gentlemen. Proud sponsor, uh, not only of this radio program, but a proud sponsor of the Emerson Address happening this Friday, 8, 8, 8, 2 p.m. Adrian Barbeau, uh, sort of an actor that came to prominence. She was a former sex kitten. She was a former sex kitten back in the day. She was popular in the 70s and the 80s. A lot of guys from my generation who won't remember her from the Stephen King film Creep Show. Wow, I just Googled her, and it's just a bunch of pictures of her boobs. Yes. yes. Well, that's what she's known for. Yeah, that really is. That's. I mean, she was sort of a B-movie, kind of a squeen... Uh, squeen. Screen, screen. She's a squeen actress. She's a, she was a screen queen kind of back in the day. Did a lot of sort of, like... Like indie horror films or low budget she's horror films. Looking. She was uh, she's very exotic. She was a beautiful woman. Um, so uh, that is today, by the way. Uh, Adrienne Barbeau will be reading from her book Vampires of Hollywood at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing today. That is tonight. It's seven p.m. Seven p.m. tonight. Powell's Books, Cedar Hills Crossing. The one and only uh, Adrienne Barbeau. Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. Proud sponsors of the Rick Emerson Show and of the Emerson Address happening uh, this Friday. Here's Tim Riley. You're not going to believe this, but McDonald's dollar menu may disappear soon. No. Uh-huh. Apparently, because everything else is going up, McDonald's thinks nothing about jacking up their prices. We are speaking about McDonald's, our proud sponsor and advertiser. Are they? Yes. I suppose they are. Well, they have to do what they have to do. Uh, a lot of people like McDonald's, I'm sure. Well, the company is considering expanding its middle-tier menu. Instead of the dollar menu... Things that now cost a dollar will cost a dollar thirty to two dollars. We know customers are facing tough times in the economy. So is McDonald's. After all, it costs uh, more to haul this stuff around. So on the uh, on the road trip, when my wife and I were going to Kennewick, uh, not this last week, but two weekends ago, so we were doing that uh, that thing of driving along, and we were just trying to figure out what to eat, and it's, it's one of those things that where you get that weird, um, you know, it's like a synchronicity or whatever, like when Tim and I sometimes have the same thought, or Sarah and I have the same thought, and so Lyra and I are driving along, we're like, man, we should get something to eat. What should it, what should it be? 
And then, like, as just as though it was a sign, as though it were predestined, just like out of the distance came the McDonald's next exit. We're like, and we just kind of looked at each other and it's like, a, okay, then. Uh, because, man, and can I just tell you, can I say, here's the thing that everybody knows to be true. And she wanted to try that, that Southwestern chicken thing because cause my wife's a big fan of, uh, she's a big fan of Chick-fil-A. And apparently that the McDonald's, that new chicken th- sandwich thing, they have tastes a lot like Chick-fil-A. But can I tell you, here's the thing. What's that if- Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A is a restaurant chain especially popular in California. Is it not, Tim? And Chick-fil-A? Well, you probably are not a big Chick-fil-A either. No, I, I wouldn't notice. It's yeah, a, maybe. It's, like a, it's a fast food place that specializes in chicken sandwiches. And they really do have an exceptional chicken sandwich. But you know what one of life's true pleasures is? It is the loose fries in the McDonald's bag. You know what I'm talking about? Not just not just the fries that come in the fry container, but when you reach down and it's like the loose fries that are like scattered at the bottom of the bag right there. That's one of the things that separates us from uh, you know, that's what separates us from, you know, from communists. Here's Tim Riley. Or Canadians. In other news today, uh, Joe Lieberman is back in the news. He believes in air, uh, an ad comparing Barack Obama to the likes of Paris Hilton and Britney Spears is respectful. He went on uh, Meet the Press yesterday to uh, act more and more like a Republican, even though he's a Democrat. Is, notwithstanding his celebrity status, Barack Obama ready to lead? And and my answer is no. He says uh, John McCain is running ads comparing Barack Obama to Moses. The McCain campaign has another ad up in which I thought it was the to Jesus. comparing Obama to Moses. So in my book, that's about as good a comparison as you could ask for. I should say in the book, it's about as good a comparison as you should ask for. Can he be done talking forever? Can we just have a, like, oh, can the country take a vote and just ask Joe Lieberman not to speak anymore ever again? Well, you know, if you ask that of uh, Robert Novak, that would be true. Wow. Yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm just trying to play the news here. Robert Novak is retiring forever. <laughs> what do you mean by retiring, Tim? He's no longer going to be employed. Ah. He has decided to permanently retire. Why is that, Tim? Well, you see, he has a uh, brain tumor. No, go ahead. Well, that's really all I have to say about it. So Bob Novak retires effectively immediately. Because his brain tumor diagnosis is dire. 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 The tales are being worked out with the doctors. Doctor. But what is there to work out, really? I would imagine just satin or silk. He began his, um, his syndicated column in 1963 with the New York Tribune. Why are we already doing an obituary? <laughs> I was just going to say, he's not, he hasn't died since, Chicago... since the time he started the story and now, has he? No, but I guess they don't want to do it later, so they're getting it over with. <laughs> like, can we get this? They're so his whole career is summed up, summed up in one paragraph. <laughs> How sad. That the, must be... the Evan Novick column was first distributed by Publishers Newspaper Syndicate on May 15, 1963, with the New York Herald Tribune, the flagship newspaper. With the Herald Tribune uh, folded in 1966, the Chicago Sun-Times became their home newspaper. End of story. That's the life of Robert Novak. All right. Well, there you go. It must be creepy to be reading essentially your own obituary, wouldn't you think? Yeah. I mean, that's obviously what it. And you totally nailed it, which is they don't want to be bothered to do it later, so they would just thought they'd get it out before the deadline, so uh-huh. to speak. Well, it may happen over the weekend. Yeah, I suppose. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. All right. Well, we have other interesting things to tell you. About. Do we ever? 
Uh, serious arm wrestlers from uh, throughout the country flocked to Salt Lake City over the weekend to try their hand at the <laughs> U- U.S. Arm Wrestling Championship. Over at the uh, Salt Lake City Red Lion Hotel, uh, some players dusted their hands with chalk. Others used uh, straps to keep their hands locked tight. Uh, Bob Brown uh, is uh, one of those arm wrestlers. He talks about uh, how they separate the wheat from the chafe when it comes to arm wrestling. Whatever that means. If your hands do happen to come apart, we have a strap that will hold the hands together. And as Cobra Rhodes, the famous arm wrestler, once said, the straps tell no lies. What a great piece of audio that is. That's Does fantastic. anyone have a microphone there? <laughs> Seriously, doesn't that sound like a... Watson, come here. I mean, that's like, that's like full on, like Alexander Graham Bell. And as Cobra Rhodes, the famous arm wrestler, once said, the straps tell no lies. Whatever. Nearly 500 arm wrestlers from around the country are in Salt Lake City right now. All right. Separating the wheat from the, uh, from the chafe is the Richie Bristol story. Speaking of which, uh, later on in the program, does it feel like today's show is just just always is just we're on the verge of just like collapsing today? Just we're on the precipice of just devolving into insanity on this program today. It all started with the Canadians. Uh, let's see. Uh, so later on, we'll talk to Richie Bristol, get a few more thoughts on his ill-fated uh, trip to Nevada uh, this weekend. Now I feel like we just have to go out and flat out buy him some horrors ourselves. I mean, I we have to. I thought we. I thought we'd establish that we were going to. Or maybe just to get some slutty girls, because we can't legally buy hookers here. Well, of no. course, uh, wrong. So maybe we should just uh, find some slutty girls. Can we pretend right? that we're getting them slutty girls, but really buy hookers. But, but see, we would never do that. I think CBS would frown on that. I think that's actually a crime. So we would probably not want to do that. Uh, so we're not understand that we're not on the air soliciting for prostitution. Um, but uh, so we'll talk to Richie. We got to uh, get the parameters uh, for Timmy Ryan's run, which is happening tomorrow. 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 Uh, Ryan's run happens at um, uh, the uh, Cleveland High School track, which is at 31st and Powell. So later on today, we got to figure out how, mu- how far he's running, like, and in what amount of time. Um, today, top five, top five songs about prostitution. And don't forget, uh, we are now just four days away from 888, uh, the Emerson Address happening this Friday, 888, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, brought to you in part by our good friends at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, which I guess means that i got to figure out what we're going to say, because I have nothing. So everybody's sort of asking uh, what the content is going to be, and I... Uh... I forgot what this is all about. There was too much content last week for me to pay attention to everything. Well, you know what, Tim? The thing is this. You know what, I, you, you know, Tim? Uh, uh, other shows decide just to give the bare minimum of content. We decide to overload. We decide to put 15 pounds of content in a 14-pound sack, Tim. Here's right. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So we'll look in that sack later? Yes. Okay. Uh, attention, college students. It's almost time to go back to school because uh, you love your education. If you're going to any of the state colleges this fall and stay in the dorm, keep in mind how you decorate your room can help your grades. That's what interior designer David Brumstadt says. He suggests start uh, with colors. Blues and greens, we all know, are very calming, serene, and relaxing colors. But what people don't know is that blue is a motivational color for when you're studying. And then green actually helps you retain all the information while you're studying. This is made up. Make sure you check your door manager before painting the walls of your dorm room. You don't want to break the rules. Sometimes you can kind of get away with painting the walls, but there are so many great things you can hang on your walls right now that can help you organize. Is this a job? Really make a big statement without breaking the rules. Is this his career? Is he paid to do this? Yeah, he's on HGTV. He's the guy that so runs the great... original design stuff. Really? So many great things right now to hang on your walls. Seriously, as opposed to last year. Uh-huh. I mean, look, I mean, you're just going to end up hanging water lilies on your wall like every other jackass freshman. Who are you kidding? 
So, all right, let's see. It's just going to be water lilies and that Jim Morrison thing where he's like topless in black and white. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, you know that's that's what's going in your dorm. Uh, let's see. Should we? Uh, let's see. Who are these? Uh... Richie, can you see who these uh, these folks are? Oh, and then I've got Tim. Have you did you see uh, Coin News on on Friday night by any chance? I don't see Coin News on any night. I only watch our friend Carl Click in the morning on K2. And I'm a big friend, uh, a fan of Rhonda's. I, uh, me too. I'm a friend she's of Rhonda. She's not a friend. I, mean, I never had the privilege of meeting her. <laughs> me either. Not yet. Stretching it a bit. <laughs> she's a friend only in the most figurative uh, sense. Yes. All right. Let's see. Um, uh, where did I put these? Let's see. Um, all right. Here we go. So this is um, this is from because we were watching Swingtown. And then the great, the great. Let's just play that Swingtown audio just one more time. Just a little bit of the. Uh, this is the beginning of just a little bit of the audio. I, on the other hand, am not the kind of person any one of your friends would want like that. She's the dowdy one. No, no, baby. No, she's the one that's always in the little black dress. You were a beautiful woman, Janet. Don't you ever forget oh, that. Jim. Let's get our sex. I was a very lucky man. <laughs> you'd be a fool not to know that. If you make any noise, I'll cut your throat. Janet usually doesn't go for those kind of shenanigans. Is that true? She's a button-down type of woman. <laughs> spending her time in the kitchen. Janet sounds a little lonely. Uh, well, she's been living in the neighborhood for a couple of weeks now. If you tell the cops, they won't believe you. From someone else is only going to bring it all back to you. All right. I'll see you back in there. <laughs> so creepy. Um, and there's the whole sequence where the they, a, they wrap themselves in those dirty airline blankets. <laughs> <laughs> wrap me in your dirty airline blankets. Well, because he's a pilot. <laughs> Is he? Of course. Isn't that would now? That's a weird thing. Would you not agree that if you're going to make a sleazy '70s show about swinging as they have, that somehow airline pilot is the profession you have to have? Yeah, because all those stewardesses are swingers. Would you uh, would you agree that there is something quintessentially '70s about the character being an airline pilot? Yeah. Okay, why is that? It was the cool job back then. Is that true? Is that why? Uh, isn't um, Quagmire an airline pilot? Mm-hmm. Okay, now you know what that's a reference to. On Family Guy, Quagmire, who was the sort of sexing guy that lives next door or whatever it is, uh, on Family Guy, he's you know he's this sort of like the, the the resident like sex fiend, and he's an airline pilot, and that is almost certainly a reference to what's his name who lived across the hall from uh, Bob and Emily uh, on the on uh, the Bob Newhart show, because he was also. Uh, like a you know kind of a swinging guy and a pilot and if you remember the Bob Newhart show he was always going off to work drunk. I mean I don't think you could do that anymore. I mean he was an airline pilot and he was constantly stopping off at Bob Newhart's. Well I got to go fly a plane. Let me get my belt on. You know and he would just like have three or four for the road before presumably driving to the, to the airport to fly an airplane. Oh yeah he was the guy. He, his son is the guy that's on uh, uh, that other show now. He was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now he's on Bones. David Boreanaz? That's his dad. Wait, so that guy, so the next door neighbor, or the across the hall neighbor on Bob Newhart, the airline pilot, yeah. I forget his name, he is David Boreanaz's dad? Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so here's just a little bit of audio, uh, let's see, from, this is from Coin News, uh, so we can give proper credit here. Um, and this is, this is their lead story. And it's just, I, I don't know if this will translate to the radio, but it was sort of amusing. This is... This is the, they chose above all others. This is the story they wanted to highlight at the top of Friday night's newscast. And I'll point out a couple interesting things about this. So the, the long and the short of it is, 
It's about some sort of misunderstanding between a woman and the cab company, a local cab company, which they do not identify, where she calls for a cab. I think she's, like, standing at the wrong street, or the, the dispatcher gets the wrong address, and then a cabbie calls her at home to yell at her. That's A woman says she was the target of an angry phone call by a cab driver, a call... <laughs> that frightened her and welcome to coin news six at eleven i'm jeff G. by the way this is this is their lead story that a woman was unnerved by a phone call she received i mean it's like one step removed from the onion you know what i mean <laughs> an area woman is anxious about any number of things our top story tonight i'm doya redland you know love. and i'm kelly day thanks for joining us on this friday night new at eleven now a northeast portland woman says she was cussed out by a cab driver while on the phone early this morning <laughs> Point six reporter Cor Harlan is live. Yeah. And then Cor Harlan's there. Out. I love Cor Harlan. I love Cor Harlan too, but oh, I mean, so badass. Who? Look, I'm not an anchor person, but I mean, does this really does this really require being the lead story? Don't we have several wars that are happening right now? So, all right. Downtown Portland tonight. So what did he actually say to this woman that got her so upset for? Well, Kelly, Sarah Sackett of Northeast Portland says the cab driver used two of those words you can never say on television, and he used them repeatedly, berating Sarah. Now, I and then I spent the rest Is of the... name Sarah Sack? I, <laughs> I do believe. It's like... it's oh, like some, can dream. It's like Savannah smiles, um, but... Different. What's Sachs? Um, Sarah Sachs. Uh, the, and they've got Cor Harlan who's standing on the street. It could be anywhere, really. Yeah, you know, for, my wife pointed it could this be like, in front of the coin tower with no lights. My wife pointed this out. The story happened like 15 hours previous. Uh -huh. He's standing on like some dimly lit street corner. It could be in front of the door for a couple. <laughs> the, the, the coin center. They never <laughs> identify. Like, they never actually bother to point out where he's standing. He could be outside by the janitor's closet. Outside, outside. <laughs> from a from a random location on the street, made to look mysterious by dint of being underlit. Here's Cor Harlan. Uh, let me just back up a little bit. Tonight. So what did he actually say to this woman that got her so upset for? Well, Kelly, Sarah Sackett of Northeast Portland says the cab driver used two of those words you can never say on television, and he used them repeatedly, berating Sarah after driving to the wrong address to pick her up this morning. She has no idea why the cab driver unloaded on her, but the call, she says, simply terrified her. <laughs> All right, and the phone call that Sarah Sackett made before 6 o'clock this morning was for a cab ride to work. By the way, we now know that the cab, the call happened at 6 a.m., which again underscores the question, where is Cora Harlan standing at 11.15 at night, and why? I mean, for what? God, don't get me wrong. God love Coin News, and I love Cora Harlan. Why is he standing somewhere at 11.15 in the evening? What is the purpose of that? All right, so here's the woman. She waited near the corner of MLK in Killingsworth. No cab. She called the cab company, which had sent its driver to the wrong address. Then Sarah says she got a call Herself. from who Sarah believes was the driver of the cab calling on a private number. It's a phone call that Sarah says she'll never forget. He said, it was you, How dare you me to the wrong location you did that you i should kind of know where you are now i should punch you in the 
and um, I was horrified. And Sarah's was getting like, the word out about this abusive cab driver because she says the anger that she heard on the other end of the phone made her fear for her life. She's scared and worried that other women may ride in the same cab with the same driver who cussed her out. And she has the most... Look, I can't prove to you that she was beamed here from some, like, the same universe as Moon Unit Zappa. But listen to this inflection she gives it at the end of the call. Or he the was end of the... harsh. Like, he was really harsh. And he was, and he said, I know where you are. <laughs> now. And, like, to say that implicated to me that he knew It implicated her. That's right. Let's hear that phone call one more time. says she'll never forget. He said, it was you, How dare you me to the wrong location. You did that. I should kind of know where you are now. I should punch you in the <laughs> and um, I was horrified. And Sarah's was, oh my God! So I'm be friends with Sarah Sack. Seriously, it's, give her a right to work. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that we all laughed here because I wondered if there was just something wrong with Lara and I that we laughed uncontrollably when she was when she was relaying that phone call. Did they release your number on the screen? No, but so, no, someone but, else could call. But listen, to, listen to this though. Here's the weird thing about this. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Tim. I'd almost forgotten this. So. They use her full name like five different times during this newscast, but when they're showing her, they're doing that stupid thing of like she's all in shadow, like you can't see her face. I think somebody didn't get the memo. Well, Sarah I think Zach lives in Portland, right? I well, she has a MySpace. Thing. Well, keep in mind that we are simply playing this, and of course, we are not. Uh, everybody should uh, respect her privacy. We so want much. everyone to give her a ride. Ever? No. Well, only friendly people. I'm not asking it's anybody to give her a ride. I've just, uh, but I'm just saying, isn't it weird that they're giving her full name? Yeah, they're giving her full name like a hundred times, but then, but then on the screen they're doing the thing of like she's a mob informant, or she's all like in the dark. Uh, Let's see. Then Sarah says she got a call from who Sarah believes was the driver of the cab calling on a private number. It's a phone call that Sarah says she'll never forget. He said, "It was you. How dare you!" me to the wrong location. You did that. You I should kind of know where you are now. I should punch you in the So there you go. So uh, so it was that. So and how did they learn of this crime in the first place? That, okay. Did somebody call it tip line? That was another, that's, I was thinking that's another that. question Laura had, which is who has a bad experience with a cab driver and then says, Cor Harlan has to know about this. Like, it's very well, interesting. set things right. Well, maybe. So they they never did identify or everything. Yeah, they never uh, they never identified the uh, they never identified the uh, the, the cab company though. So and then and then we went to uh, no it, cabs are not all cabs. I mean, like sometimes cabs are just bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. Like sometimes it's a great experience. Sometimes you just get guys. I I mean I've been yelled at before. Uh, I don't think I've ever ridden in a cab. And then they what? I've never ridden in a cab here. It, it, okay, but you have ridden in a cab, just not here. Many years ago, as a child. When is the who are you? What do you mean? I've do you just had... have an? I don't. Man, I don't understand you sometimes. When is the last time you rode in a cab? When I was like eight years old. Are what? you kidding me? Where would I be riding in a cab to? Where wouldn't you Where be riding you? in a cab? I mean, to... just to places to go to, to locations. No. <laughs> I was. I'm... No. Have you ridden in a cab in the last twenty years? No. <laughs> Jesus. 
All right. We live such different lives. I mean, we really, we are just such different people, Tim Riley. Oh, we're all friends in this room, aren't we? I, well, we're all brothers under the skin, we Tim. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. But I've never ridden in a cab. Uh, uh, I've been cussed out in other places, though. <laughs> you don't have to ride the cab. Somebody told you he was going to punch your, punch your effing face in or whatever. Oh, uh, and then the weather, who's the weather guy, Joel, uh, what is his last name? Iwanaga. Iwanaga. He, he did that. I don't think he's the weather guy. I think he's another court. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm confusing him with, I am confusing I him with Joel the weather Inaga, guy. Though. But he did a great story about people dumping feces in a Clackamas courthouse parking lot where he said like four different times, and it was human feces. Like it was like he was really selling that line. But you know, they must have a good, because you gotta consider the good times that we have here without video. Uh-huh. If you had video, what a show we'd have. If you had video of Sarah Sackman or whatever her I'm, name is. Serious. Where, where you can't see her face, but cleverly you've given her full name on the air like a hundred times. We can't blame them for having a good time. Oh, we no. don't even know if they take their job seriously. We don't. <laughs> I'm sure they do, do Tim. Them to take their job seriously? Well, we don't. They're newscasters, Tim. They are providing information to the people. Where else are going to be? Where else will people be able to tune in at the top of the news and hear about a crank call that happened somewhere? Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, ladies and gentlemen, CNN radio correspondent and world traveler Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. <laughs> yeah, world traveler. I like that. I, I'm going to start putting that on on my business card. All right. So now that you are back from uh, Havana, Cuba, sir. Uh, is there anything you could not say on the phone to us or we're not really feeling comfortable talking about that now you're back in America and still you can tell us the story? I guess I wanted, didn't want to be, uh, you know, too critical of, uh, of the government while I was there on the phone. But it's, it is pretty clear, and they know this, you know, that, that uh, their, their form of economic policy, their economic policy that they have there where the government is the principal employer, they own all the businesses, and, and – you know, everybody does according to his ability, and 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 you know, that whole deal with socialism, that the way they run socialism there, it just is really not good for their country, and it makes for a very hard life for a lot of their uh, citizens. You know, it's it, they they blame most of their problems on the U.S. embargo, but it's pretty clear that it goes beyond that. Well, I mean, people have uh, criticisms of the capitalist. Uh, of the capitalist system, and there are people who feel that capitalism has its faults, and certainly it does. But I, I think it, it just—I think just if you look at the empirical data, if you look at the evidence, uh, you will see that countries that attempt to function in a purely socialist fashion, it all just sort of disintegrates after a while. And it's just a handful of people I know who've been to Cuba, and keep in mind, I've never been there, but the handful of people I know who've been to Cuba, it's just uh, that, that it's, you know, that is that it's the good face sort of put on for the rest of the world, but man, that, 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 that there are all kinds of real, real, almost so entrenched they cannot be solved problems in that nation. There are big problems, and life is really hard for everyday Cubans if you live by the rules, you know. And, you know, for instance, I went into uh, what, what, a, what I guess we'd call a su- supermarket, sort of a market, and the food that's available to everyday Cubans, you know, uh, the, the cheap stuff, is just really very poor quality. You, you look at it, and, and as, as an American, given the level of food uh, quality that we're accustomed to, you look at it and you say, I'd never eat any of this, you know. And it's a shame because Cuba does have the ability to be a very prosperous nation if it was run differently. And there's no reason it couldn't be run as a socialist uh, nation and still be very prosperous. You know, there are socialist nations out there that do do a good job of that, you know? Here's a weird thing about Cuba. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong about this, but there's no advertising except for the revolution, for the government. Uh, 
pretty funny. All the billboards as you're driving around, uh, as you're driving around, you know, from the airport to the city. You're right. It's a lot of uh, pro-government, pro-revolution slogans and images. You, you, you do start to see uh, some advertisements for Cuban products uh, when you get into the touristy areas. Uh, for instance, it's a real shame that we are not able to have Havana Club rum. Ah, uh, how cool would that be? It's so good. I mean, you know, God bless the people of Puerto Rico for, for trying hard to create good rums, but, you know, rum was invented in Cuba, and it's just so good. There. I have to ask, uh, because presumably while you're there it is legal, did you in fact have a Cuban cigar or five while you were there? I'm, I, you know, I hate to disappoint everybody and, and not sound like a, a macho man, but I'm not a smoker. Yeah, but neither am I, but I mean, you're in Cuba. How could you not have a Cuban cigar while you, even I would do that. I just didn't, I, I don't know. I just don't have this urge <laughs> to like have, have smoke in my mouth. I don't know what it is. I know I should have. I really should have wanted to do it and, and taken pictures smoking a, a huge Cuban cigar, but I just was like, eh, eh. Yeah, whatever. There they are. I didn't mean to trigger a... That's like going to Amsterdam and not smoking pot. I didn't mean to trigger a whole psychotic breakdown about it. No, no, I'm not, I'm not having a breakdown, but I, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, why didn't I have a cigar? I was just like, yeah, there it is. Cigars. Okay, whatever. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I, I'm different, I guess. You know? Well, okay, then. You're right. I should have. Hey, did you get a, a look at that American interest building there with those big black flags all around it? What a strange thing. It's Our... a creepy sight. I'm so glad our, uh, you know, the tax dollars are put to good use, uh, displaying all these, uh, you know, anti-communism messages that are completely blocked from view. Yeah, that you, that you can't even see because Fidel had all those flags hung up. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they are, they are, you know, implementing these reforms very slowly, and uh, you know, there is the possibility for change there right now that there hasn't been in a very long time, and you know, one hopes that the situation does change. So that uh, it benefits, uh, you know, both countries and that at, at least lift the travel restrictions because, you know, the, the tourism is what's helping to turn that country's economy around right now. If they're not going to change their political and their economic situation, at least the tourist dollars that flow in do wind up trickling down to the, to the general populace, and it does make life a little bit easier for them. And, and so, you know, one would hope that it, they would at least start letting uh, people travel there now. You know? Uh, you know, it's interesting while well, you're talking about people traveling. It's, it is interesting to note that, that there is just sort of this weird, uh, you know, it's like this unspoken but sort of known fact that so many people from America, uh, you know, will, will go to Cuba in violation of this travel embargo. Because, you know, if you go to Cuba, they don't stamp your passport. That's kind of the clever thing about it. And so Cuba obviously wants those money. If you go to Cuba, they don't stamp your passport. They give you a whole separate piece of paper that is your your entrance and exit, you know, paperwork. But the Cubans, everybody knows the deal. That they, they So that is because, like, if you go to Canada or something or, you know, wherever, you go to some other country and then go to Cuba from there, there's no paper trail. And so it's this weird, it is sort of, it is sort of reminiscent of the drug war in this country that yeah. presumably, you know, it's illegal to do, but everybody sort of knows how you do it if you want to do it, and everybody kind of knows the mechanisms by which you avoid detection. It's just, it, it seems like... There are so many people that go to Cuba, and there's so much money at stake. At some point, things just have to sort of modernize. Yeah, and, and the funny thing about that is when I left the country, you know, they, they give you that piece of paper. It's a visa uh, that you get. And uh, normally when you travel in other countries, they, they staple that visa into your passport. Right. And, uh, and so it's there, and, you know, you have it as a souvenir. But this one they don't staple in, and when you leave, they take it back. Yep. 
so uh, I asked the guy if he could actually put a stamp in my passport because I was there illegally. Sure. And and he said to me, oh, "Isn't it trouble for you if yeah. I do that?" And I explained to him, "No, I'm a journalist. It's okay." And so that was, you know, he was a little, you know, shocked that I would actually ask for this. Right. Stamp. But you're right. There, there's all these people that do go down there. Do you know that you can actually? Uh, legally, according to the way the uh, the embargo and the travel restrictions are written, if you have a, a sailboat or a motorboat and you want to, you know, pull into a port in Cuba, it's actually legal to do so as an American as long as you don't spend any dollars in Cuba. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. It's... Yeah, that's one, that's one way around it. So you can go and let's say you have to pull into a port, you know, you, you need to... Uh, I don't know. You have some problems with your ship, I guess. Is uh, your your uh, boat? Maybe that's the reason behind it. Oh, well, I see. So in terms of safety, let's say. Yeah, so you can pull in the port in Cuba and, and go hang out and walk around and everything, but as long as you don't spend any dollars, then it's technically legal. Hey. But uh, the other thing is, the, the, the thing that I didn't mention, not because I didn't feel safe doing so, because it's common knowledge, I just didn't get to it, is that there is highway robbery on behalf of the Cuban government when it comes to money exchange with dollars. Is it with dollars? Don't they jack up? There's some, I forget yeah. what it is, but there's a, there's a penalty that is specific to the U.S. dollar. Yes. There is a currency that is used for all the tourists there. It's so bizarre. I don't know how they came to this point where they did this, but there is a dual currency system. Cubans are paid in pesos. Tourists and people working in the tourist industry, they all use kooks, which stands for a Cuban convertible. And it's a totally worthless piece of paper anywhere else in the world except in Cuba, where it's used to con uh, for conversions, uh, exchange money exchanges with foreign currency. So when you go to give your dollars in to, uh, to exchange them for kooks, it's supposed to be generally one-to-one -one according to their value, mm -hmm. uh, their value system. Yeah, but they take almost 20% as a fee to yeah. government. So I, gave, I handed over 100 bucks, and they gave me back 81 kooks. I said, where's the rest of my money? She said, oh, there's uh, the government fee. Yeah, a government fee, and it is, it is simply it is solely to screw American tourists almost. They rob yeah. us. Yeah. So, it is, hey, by the way, as we wrap this up, Tim Riley gave this to me. For This is from the news department of CBS Radio. Did you see that a Cuban chicken apparently laid the world's largest egg earlier this week? I don't know how I did not come to report on that while I was there. That is, that is an earth-shattering story. Listen, the communist country's national... This is what the Cuban government does with their time. The communist country's national information agency announced that a Cuban chicken laid the world's largest egg earlier this week. The 6.3-ounce leg was uh, egg was laid by Titi, uh, a one-year-old hen, the agency said. Uh, according to Cuban officials, the egg is heavier than the current record holder from the Canary Islands. For now, the family that owns the chicken has placed the egg in a refrigerator. <laughs> this is from the Cuban news agency. That's the type of news you see in Cuban newspapers. And by the way, there's basically only like two or three like you know, widely read newspapers in Cuba that are all sanctioned by the government. And you know how our newspapers can, you know, sometimes on a busy news day be like, you know, 90 pages thick? Yeah. Their, their newspapers, maybe on a good day, are like 16 pages. Wow. That's Ugh. it. All right, my friend. Well, I'm glad you made it back safe and sound. Are you on tomorrow or are you taking some time off? I'm on tomorrow. I'm working on some slideshows for .com. So Excellent. When I, when I get those together, I'll let, you, I'll let you guys know you can watch it. And uh, next time, I take your show with me. Excellent. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, we are looking forward to it, my friend. All right. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Well, let's get a couple of these calls here, and then we'll resume the news. Um, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. What's up? Hey, I was just seeing if you guys had uh, seen that the Mad Men are having, not the Mad Men, the AMC is having a Mad Men com competition to 
get a role on the show for season three. I had not seen that, Tim. I have not because I didn't watch this week's episode. Uh, yeah, Tim and I, neither Tim and I have watched uh, have watched last night's episode. Not advertised on the show or during uh, anything on TV. It's just online. I just happened to catch it. I don't even remember how I found it, but on the AMC website, there's a spot where it says uh, "Win a role, walk on role for Mad Men." That is what fantastic. You, do is you, you you film yourself uh, doing one of the characters, whether it's Donald Draper or Roger or Pete and. They have like the set script that you're supposed to read for. Oh, the so part. they give you what do you what do you call that, Tim? Sides. Sides. Yeah, they give you sides, which is like an excerpt, and you film yourself doing it as the character, and you send it in, and then they'll pick somebody to have a walk-on role. Right, right, and they have everybody vote on it too. That's fantastic. So, I mean, you mean you can, I mean you can use your faithful audience, you know, so they can unbiasedly vote, but. Well, that would be wrong, know, of course. That but would that be is, wrong, but you know. That's pretty righteous, though. I might do but, that just for goof. Here it is. Well, yeah, I'm a walk-on role. Yeah, it was pretty sweet, but they uh, there's this one guy I kind of suspect of already doing it because he's got like over a thousand votes and everybody else has got like twenty or thirty. Oh, that's a guy who's recruited. That's a guy who owns a business and has ordered everybody for you know works for him to get on and vote. It is John Sikulich of Scranton who's in the lead with forty six votes. Really? Oh no no no! If you uh, look at the Don Draper ones, yeah. uh huh, he's uh. He's got like a thousand. His name's like Ty something from Texas. All right. I, I hate him. He's already my sworn enemy. All right. Yeah, I'm going to do that later today then. Thank you, sir. No problem. Excellent. All right. If we uh, if we find the guy who's in the lead, we should play it. Let's see. I think I have it here. All right. This is the guy who's doing the Don Draper. So this is, uh, okay, you got 46 votes on this guy. All right. Let's, uh, okay, let's play this. This is James Sekulish of Scranton. All of me. Why not take all of me? Nice and black and white. He lit a cigarette. I'm no good without you. He just blew smoke into the air. Take my lips. He's smoking. The I want to lose them. Advertising is based on one thing: happiness. You know what happiness is? Happiness is the smell of a new car. It's freedom from fear. It's a billboard on the side of the road that screams with reassurance that whatever you're doing is okay. You are okay. No, no, I, I give that thumbs down. Play some script. Listen, to hey, he's way too morose. Don Draper is not morose. He's intense, but he's uh, he's masculine. Don oh, Draper is. You're uh, trying to go for this contest right now. No, I'm just saying. I feel like I I don't know that I'm not saying I could do a better job. But I'm saying that guy is he's way too he's all downbeat. Don Draper is very. He's focused. He's like a, you know, he's he's very very masculine. He's very very much a, uh, very much an alpha. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Um. Well, uh, my name is Lauren. Hello, Lauren. How are hi. you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. How can I assist you on this fine Monday? Well, I am going to be a junior at Cleveland High School, mm-hmm. and I want to warn Timmy Ryan that. Uh, the track, the Cleveland track, is basically concrete, so he <laughs> should wear some supportive shoes. No, he no, he just runs in his Converse. It's a, it's a point of of idiotic pride with that guy that he runs in these like flat bottom Chuck Taylor All Stars. So at some point you'll get the glorious bonus of actually hearing his arches crumble into dust as he's as he's like on as he's at about mile number nine. Oh, I don't even know if you can make it that far, but I'm definitely going to be there to watch Oh, it. good for oh, you. Oh, awesome. You're a good person, Lauren. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. All right. There you go. That's Lauren, who is a junior at Cleveland High School. That's awesome. All right. There you go. That's the weirdest demographic. 
Uh, I we, wouldn't think that a 16-year-old girl would be listening to her. You know, can, can I tell you this? Not to be all about the glory of us, but hey, let's be all about the glory of us. You know what I got today? This is a weird thing. I got a, and let's keep in mind, this doesn't ever happen. This is an anomaly because this never really, really does happen. This never really happens. But I got an email today from a 14-year-old girl. I won't use her name. Uh, but I got an email today from a 14-year-old girl who is right. She's going to send us something, and she's writing and asking for our autographs, which is weird. She's like, I'm a 14-year-old girl, I love your show, blah, blah, blah. And she's like some comic book nerd. And she's like, I'm all excited for the Watchmen movie. By the way, if I send you something, will you guys all autograph it and send it back to me? So, it's it, man, you, just, you never really can tell. It does, it sort of, this show does kind of cut across all demographic boundaries. Uh, all right, well, uh, uh, let's do one more. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, in the next 90 minutes, we got to talk to Richie Bristol uh, about his trip to Nevada. We have not spoken to him about Vegas. We haven't. We got to do it today. We'll I'm do the out of my cup. He brought me back. Top five prostitution songs. Yeah, he brought us all these bitchin' uh, customized uh, Vegas mugs. Did he get one for you, Tim? I did, but I insist on washing it in my dishwasher before using it. Good for you. Uh, oh, like I the, didn't it's the airline blanket of ceramic mm-hmm. uh, liquid holders. Um, so he brought us these Vegas mugs. We got that to Richie Bristol. Top five prostitution songs, and then we have to, have to, have to. Uh, figure out what Timmy Ryan is doing tomorrow and in what length of time. Because now I can already see, because there's all this confusion. Because there's that side bet he made with that guy, Irish, about doing 10 miles in two hours. And every, he wants to do 16 miles in two and a half. See, the Drug thing is, everybody right? thinks that 10 miles in two hours is the main bet. And that's just no. a side bet. We need to stop talking about it then. So what we, let's, but, just, let's just not reference it again. But I guess what I'm saying is... Well, but we have to because it's a side bet with that guy about the eighty the eighty year old bottle of Jameson. So ours is sixteen miles in two hours and forty five so minutes. So next hour we have to talk about this. So let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, let's do. I'm sorry. Let's do one more and then we'll take a break. Let's see. Most of these stories go together. Okay, I found one by itself. Almost daily thunderstorms, many of them violent in nature, continue to plague Massachusetts. Yesterday, the steeple at the First Baptist Church of Lynn was struck by lightning while a service was underway. Veronica was one of those who ran from the church when it was struck by lightning. I went in my mother's car, which was parked right in front of the church, and I noticed that the edge of the building was on fire. Wow. Parishioners felt the jolt. It resulted in a three-alarm fire. Nobody was injured. All right, there we go. Let's take a break. That's, I asked for one. There's the one. Uh, take a break. We're back after this. More from Tim Riley. Uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol. We'll do the top five. We'll talk to Timmy Ryan uh, as well. Stay there. It's 503-733-2970. Broadcasting everywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. A brave man beats a man named Fam with a fan as he wrestles the gun out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam was beaten with a fan. What is going on in this news story? Well, I shouldn't just make this badly hurt after he knocked on the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs with the oscillating fan. Fan like ham? Right. Okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. 
An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and the fan. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk to Richie Bristol. We'll figure out the parameters for Timmy Ryan's Jogathon. Or no, as somebody else put it. Hold on, what have we got here? This is from Rob, who says... It should be called Timmy Ryan's Run, the Portland Jog-Off. Wrong. Timmy Ryan's jog off. <laughs> okay. Oh, and this guy's willing to contribute $25 to buying Richie a Neapolitan. There you go. You're a good person, sir, during the Lord's work. And this is just a lady to, to spend time with Richie. We in no way are soliciting no, prostitution. No, of course not. You're paying for her time, Sarah. Uh, all right. It's 503-733-2970. The Ministry of Truth. Tim Riley. And now, now. Though, from the Ministry of Truth, Man. this is Tim Riley. St. Petersburg, Florida authorities aren't sure what they found in the St. Petersburg Canal, but one biologist says it appears to be a lung. Un- <laughs> oh, wow. Apparently, wow. <laughs> oh. a biologist found a floating object floating in the Jesus. canal behind his home and contacted authorities. The biologist told officers he believes it's a lung, although it's unsure right yet if it belongs to an animal or a human. How did they find it? It was just floating in the water. behind the Just biologist. floating along? Minding its own business. <laughs> Come on! That is stupid. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Thank you. Brazilian authorities say the left leg of a British teen who was dismembered has been found in the banks of the remote river near the central city of uh, Galonia, Brazil. A British laborer walked in the area, found the leg, a week after the torso of 17-year-old Clara Marie Burke was discovered in a suitcase near a different river. <gasps> Uh, apparently, uh, Mohamed Diali de Santos confessed that he dumped the woman's head and limbs into the river. They say Santos killed the woman because uh, he believed that she would tell his family that he was addicted to cocaine. A Gulf Coast man was charged with murder after he said he gave his 15-year-old son powerful prescription drugs because he wanted the boy to know how to party right. Stephen Alfino is charged with third-degree murder after his son Vincent died of an overdose in June. A 47-year-old man showed his son how to crush and snort pills like a couple of painkillers. He was arrested Friday, held without bail. They don't know if he had a lawyer yet. The father initially told police he kept the medications locked away so nobody else could get them. Uh, he later uh, told uh, two of Vincent's friends that he knowingly gave the drug to his son to teach him how to party. Okay. Uh, here's an email. We've got to, don't forget, this coming Friday is 888-888. This coming Friday, 2 p.m., uh, when we will be broadcasting uh, the good word of the Rick Emerson Show to all the assembled peoples of Portland. Uh, along with some help from our uh, friends at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, we have this Rick. Because I know you like it when it's about the glory of the show, I want you to let it know that I have plans for you. Oh, this is from Sarah in Puerto Rico. She, listen, how cool is this? I want to let you know I have plans for your address to be carried here in Puerto Rico. I cannot go into the technical details, but I've already started the preparations to have a web stream plugged into the phone system at one of my client offices. If everything works correctly, your glorious message will be transmitted simultaneously on ten floors 
and 432 different speakers, thanks to the thanks to the company's intercom system. Hopefully, it won't get me fired, but if it does, it's going to be worth it. That is Sarah from Puerto Rico. Ah, Sarah. Uh, so that's uh, this just like coming, the BTN. Exactly. So uh, this coming Friday, so 432 different speakers on 10 floors of an office building in Puerto Rico uh, will be carrying the Emerson Address this coming Friday at uh, 2 p.m. Here's Tim Riley. Three stories about 70s rockers. Number one, London authorities are on the lookout for fallen rock star Jerry Rafferty. Jerry Rafferty of Baker Street fame? Yep. That's the hardest thing to talk up ever. Wait, hold on. Let's see if you can. Hold on. Let's see if you can get you to. Let's see if I can do. Let's, the, let's see if I can fit fit the story over the intro. I wonder if you can do the song over the uh, uh, over this. Let's see here. You know, this is going to be one of those things where it, it, I have the that. Computer is just failing today. It, it's not even just it's failing. It's even as we go through and sort of clean out some of the music here. Uh, I I continue to lose stuff. All right, wait. That is bizarre. Wait. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, are you kidding me? Now I don't have Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. Darn it. I, I sense that you're... I'm sitting here waiting for it to begin so uh, I can give it my best shot. Let me look Let me look one more time. And if somebody of importance is listening, I may be offered a DJ job. Really? Are yes. you really hoping for that? Oh, I am, yes. Sarah, do you have Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty? It's buffering. All right. Give me just one second. I got it. Mm. All right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> oh, for the love of God. All right. That would be worse if it got started and then it stopped. It, it's just like a real music station, isn't it? Right after the break, we're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. <laughs> All right. Here we go. There we go, everybody. Five minutes ahead at 2 o'clock on AM 970. In the headlines today, London authorities are on the lookout for fallen rock star Jerry Rafferty. The British newspaper The Sun says the 61-year-old singer vanished Friday from London area hospital. When he was reportedly getting treatment for alcohol-related liver failure. Now, Rafferty is best known for the 1978 hit Baker Street. He reportedly left all his worldly belongings behind. How many? We don't know. <laughs> Before his hospital stay, this... Scottish singer-songwriter had been kicked out of the London Hotel. That is not the original intro. I, I demand the original. It's, it's, 40, it's like 43 seconds. Are you you're calling shenanigans? On I that? am. That is not the that original. He started at 51 right. seconds. Hold on a second. I demand be given another shot at this. All right. Just let me try it over here. Hold on. Uh, all right. Let's see if this one is to your liking, uh, Tim Riley. All right. Let's see. There's like a musical Stalin over there. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to take up a record. I want to do it right. All right. Let's see if I can get this to play. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see if I can get this to... Uh, let's see. Good afternoon, everyone. May of 970. London authorities are on the lookout for falling rock star Jerry Rafferty. The falling, falling rock star. <laughs> the son said the 61-year-old singer vanished from London Area Hospital, where he was reportedly getting treatment for alcohol-related liver failure. He's best known for his 1978 hit, Baker Street. They reportedly left all his belongings behind. The Forest Hospital stated the Scottish singer-songwriter had been kicked out of a London hotel after he repeatedly crashed the room during a binge. In addition, Baker Street, he had hit with the song right down the line, which became his only number one hit on the music chart. Both songs were for the 1978 album, City to City. 
That is correct. Well, well, I, I gave you all this extra time, and now you're done. Well, I was just going to hit the post. In other 70s news, Vietnamese officials say Gary Glitter can be released from jail this month. The tales coming up soon on AM 970. Here, finally, is Jerry Rafferty. Look at you! Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right. Uh, Maybe I get a DJ job at one of those solid gold stations. Yes. All right. Uh, let's see. That's here. beautiful. Well, thank you. All right. Do you want to do the? Uh, I'm old, but I haven't lost my touch. Do you? Uh, do you want to do the uh, the Gary Glitter song? I don't remember what, what the intro was for that one. Is, All right. Is, which uh, which song is that? Oh, here we go. Freedom is in the offing for disgraced British rock star Gary Glitter. Vietnamese officials say Glitter, who was jailed in Vietnam on child molestation charges, will be released later this month after completing a 27-month sentence. They will not give the exact date. The 63-year-old real name is Paul Gad. He was arrested at Ho Chi Minh Airport in 2005, so he tried to leave the country in the midst of controversy. He was sentenced to three years in jail following a one-day trial in which he pled not guilty to molesting two 11-year-old girls in the Vietnamese coastal city of Ba Ring Bung Thai, where he was living at the time. I mean, I think I think at this point it, it has been established in any number of courts that he is a pervert and a criminal and hideous. Yes. But one does have to say that a one-day trial in Vietnam sounds a little suspicious. I have one more 70s uh, story uh, here. Do we have any Fleetwood Mac? Isn't there always... Uh, what is your least favorite Fleetwood Mac song? I hate them all equally. Okay. How about Rhiannon? That's, <laughs> all right, That's not on. much of an intro. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, I, no, no, no. Play whatever what about own. Go Your Own Way? No, Go Your Own Way it is. <laughs> That's like two seconds. I get, <laughs> fine. Hold on a second. Jesus. Hold I on. have at least... What twenty second story? What here. has what has the shortest intro I have ever? Little Lies, Sarah, Dreams. All right, no, 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 hold on, hold on, we'll do this. Uh, click, 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 click. All right, are you ready? What about to? landslide? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but there's no intro in that either. All right, let's try this. See if I can get this to uh, see if I can get this to whirl. Mm -hmm. The six-year-old daughter of Fleetwood Mac drummer Mick Fleetwood is reportedly on the hospital doing well after nearly drowning. He was in critical condition. Uh, his wife, Lynn Fleetwood, told doctors at Los Angeles Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, they're stunned by the child's quick recovery. Ruby and her twin sister, Tessa, were playing at the pool at home with some family friends when the accident occurred. She swallowed a large quantity of water, causing her to faint. The Fleetwood... Yes? The Fleetwood family says Ruby is now walking on her own, drawing and recognizing more of her everyday words and objects. She's expected to continue treatment as an outpatient. And we're done. I got one more 70s one. <sighs> Jesus, Cher? who is this? Wait, no, no, hold on. Oh, hold on. no, no, no. Cher has to be a second turn back time. No. It, it cannot be anything else. It's got to be half-breed. No. Tim, we can play one of each. We can play one of these. <laughs> keep everyone happy. Thanks, Dad. Oh, I'll do it twice. Thank you. Just to keep, just to keep peace in this room. Wow, that was creepy. <laughs> All right. Oh, damn it. Why is it playing Fleetwood Mac again? I want to share a song. Oh, my God. This is so weird to look at. I'm looking at the video, and this is the um, USS Missouri BV-63 that my this father was on. This is where your on. dad was at. And he's in there somewhere. The big creepy sailor. Oh, God. He's in, like, this little thing watching her writhe on the Tonight, guns. I kill you. What the hell is that? I got a problem with jokes. Oh, wait. Why? That must be Sonny from Sonny and Cher. Is that Sonny? No, that can't possibly Why is it? Why is it? Why is it playing that weird version of Half-Breed? All right, hold on. Why are you trying to play Half-Breed? Because everybody loves that song. Who doesn't love Half-Breed? We all love it. 
Fine. Let's see. How about the... Why don't we play a Bang Bang? What? Bang Bang? Yeah. How about Just Like Jesse James? No, I don't like that one. All right. Well, I have if I can turn back time, but it doesn't have much of an intro. Let's just look for songs in real time. Cheers, Malibu Mansion is up for grabs with a price tag of $45 million. She put her home on the market two years. That's not enough time for me. Wow. Can you loop that intro a couple times and give me another shot at this? How about the... Okay. I'll keep... I'll just keep doing it over and over again. Cheers, Malibu Mansion is now up for grabs with a price tag of $45 billion. She put her home on the market two years after auctioning off its inside contents. It has seven bedrooms, a gym, a tennis court, a pool, and multiple verandas. That shares Malibu Mansion. On sale now. Now, I didn't even have time to get gypsy. <laughs> the price tag, $45 million. If I could turn back time. Wait, are we done now? I guess so. If I could find a way. All right, fine. Let's be done. That's the last music story I have. All right. Let's put this bit to rest. <laughs> I was just so desperately trying to find Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Oh, I love that song. I know. Everybody loves that song, and I couldn't get it to play. I heard everybody loves Half-Breed. No, I couldn't get Half it to. Half-Breed. All right. Well, okay. There you Where go. You go Rick? So you're looking for a song that we're not even going to use anymore. I was born in the wagon. I do like this. Who doesn't love Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves? Cher. You know the original title of the song, Tim? No, I don't remember. Gypsies and White Trash. Oh, no. And White Trash. <laughs> see? It doesn't really flow, though, which is why they changed it. All right. I can see why that might be a problem. Let's never do this bit again. You shut up! I'm doing the best I can over here. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, we're all concerned about the price of grapes, and it looks like the price is going through the roof. Matt <laughs> from the California Grape Growers Association. We are closer into balance with supply and demand than we have been any time in the last, say, five to six years. So that's a good sign that we are needing grapes. They are out looking to buy more grapes than they bought actually in 2007. The problem is that they're just not there. Says Frankie the Knuckles. <laughs> Seriously. Nice grape stand you've got here. Stop complaining about the price of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be in the back of a meat truck? You shut your mouth. All right. Uh, then we have the man sitting on the couch with three other people injured when a car slammed into his apartment complex. Uh, one woman was driving, apparently hit the wrong pedal outside the Southridge Apartments in Florida. The woman was uh, moving out of the complex and went to the office to finish up some paperwork before leaving. A passenger and an infant were inside the woman's vehicle. A man inside the office was transported to the hospital. His condition is not known at this time. A Gulf Coast man is charged with killing his mother by beating her with a telephone and remote control and then holding her underwater in a pool. 57-year-old Kevin Hart was arrested when deputies came to the Spring Hill home at 3 a.m. Monday. Uh, they do not know what set off uh, Kevin Simmons. He's being held in jail without bail right now. Uh, veteran American Idol producer Nigel Lipko is reportedly stepping down. Lipko was the executive producer of the show for seven seasons. He has taken himself off the program. Apparently, he feels that his time has come for somebody else to step in. He may have lost his passion for the boxing competition. No replacement has been named so far. All right, let's do. Uh, take this call, then we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll clarify the Timmy Ryan uh, parameters tomorrow. We'll talk to Richie about his uh, it's failed trip to Seahorse. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hi. Hi, did I wake you? Tim Riley is the greatest gay man, newsman <laughs> on the radio. And he's blind. And he's, oh, that's right. Hey, um, I was calling about the cigars, but but I think it's the time has passed. All right. Perhaps so. So, you see that guy, <laughs> the guy running for office in Vancouver, Washington, I'll try to do this as a Tim Riley news story. Right. <laughs> How could that go wrong? Paper shuffling, paper shuffling. A man in Vancouver, Washington, running for office, his last name, Swindle. I don't think this worked as well as you wanted it to. And you thought, well, you make me wait for an hour. It doesn't really fly. But no, there's a guy running for office. It's a poor workman who blames his tools, sir. <laughs> Can you believe it? The guy in politics, and his last name is Swindle. What's that about? Are you sure that you didn't mean to call Paul Harvey with this? <laughs> That's a rest of us. All right. Bye but, now. Yeah, so no. you... Bye. Thanks. Jesus. Let's take a break, shall we? I think it's about time for a break, yeah. <laughs> I think we've heard enough for a while, don't you? Uh, we'll be back after this. More on the way. Around the corner, Richie Bristol, Timmy Ryan, and the top five. Day. Oh. I have the best idea for a bit, and I normally never say that because I there's two things that I typically don't ever I'm not good well, at. We don't usually have bits. That's the thing is that like I'm not really good at contests. I'm not really good at bits. Uh, but oh, by the way, Rick, here's another 888 thing, Rick. To celebrate your address to the world this Friday, I shall be having the address streaming live from my laptop here in Auckland, New Zealand. One of our, says one of our many, many Kiwi listeners. Uh, perhaps on top of the infamous Sky Tower or another high population area. Please know the Emerson address will be heard approximately 7,000 miles away. Cheers. Brainin. Uh, Brannon? Brainin? B-R-A-N-I-N. Brainin in New Zealand. So, thank you, sir. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, all right. Uh, so... I, I, I almost don't want to say it, though. Remind me to tell you during the next break about this bit, and if you think it's amusing, then we'll do it tomorrow. Okay. I don't want to say it on the air now, because then if you think it's dumb. But tomorrow's going to be chock full of uh, Timmy Ryan running goodness. Oh, that's true. So maybe we'll do it on Wednesday. All right. Here's the, we're gonna, it, do you want to just turn off, off the mic for just a second. That's funny. <laughs> like two, three minutes of that. I think that's amusing. No, because the, and that was referenced previous in the show. Yes. I think I think that would be really. I funny. wrote it down. All right, excellent. Uh, okay, well let's uh, let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Richie Bristol. You please come to the studio. Somebody sent me another Richie Bristol sounder. Really? Is it disturbing? No, it's pretty. It was pretty impressive. Hello, Richie. Hello. All right. Hello. So, as heard on the recap hour today and during Friday's show, so you went to you went to Nevada, you gambled, you drank, and then the whole point of going to this brothel was to 
getting on with some hookers who then rejected you because you were covered in a rash. Have not, I missed anything? Not covered. I'm sorry? Just partially covered. Just, well, covered where it counts. Okay. Can I play you the other Richie Bristol sounder? Yes, please do. Hello, Richie Bristol. Can you uh, join us in the studio, please? I have never told anyone what I'm about to tell you. I like to dress in women's clothes. Yeah. I heard you were becoming a lady. I'm more flexible than less funny. I love you, whores! Fantastic. <laughs> Who did that? that That's was, great. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Randy in Vegas. Randy. Yeah, look at you, Randy in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say hi to somebody. Uh, so, all right. Uh, so here's here's a Richie question. It says, I was out of town on Thursday and Friday, so I couldn't send this email in a more timely manner. I have a question about Richie's experience with the fine folks at the ranch. He made a $900 deposit ostensibly to reserve his ladies. Then he gets there, finds out that none of the prostitutes he requested were there. Then the other backup whores turned him down because the skin, the skin on his junk looked like he had leprosy. Oh. So to, just, to, just to be fair, for the record, you had a heat rash because it was 106 degrees, your thighs were rubbing together, and you weren't showering. Yeah. And they looked at that, and they thought it was perhaps something more uh, invidious, uh, and decided to stay away. Right. I think they wanted more money or something. He says, my question is, what in the world was the 900 for if you didn't get it back? Wasn't there some sort of an agreement when you gave the deposit? That's a good question. He says, he says it sounds like it's paying money to, for a reservation at a restaurant and requesting a certain meal. Then when you get to the restaurant, they tell you they're sorry because they didn't make the meal. And they tell you they won't give you any other food. And then they keep your money. So what was the $900 for, Richie? My two buddies. <laughs> no, 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 but I mean, when you made the reservation, what was the uh, agreement? What, what was the agreement? The $900 was getting you what? Uh, Ariana, Ar oh, whoops, Ariel. We have Ariana. But I mean, so the $900 was to guarantee you three specific girls. Uh-huh. Okay. And so then you get there, and the three specific girls are not there? Yeah, but before that, they did, they got right back with me after I sent the email, and they said, that, uh, can I change my, can I do it earlier, like the next? before but I, I guess my question is I, but, uh, here's what he's asking they, they made you rearrange your schedule and they still weren't there right I, here's the question he's asking you paid nine hundred dollars to reserve these girls and i'm just this is just my read on it maybe i'm wrong but you paid the nine hundred dollars to reserve the girls and then they didn't have the girls for you right so why did they still get to keep the nine hundred bucks because right after we do it we were exchanging emails back and forth and we were trying to arrange a certain time because the redhead wasn't available. I guess she was leaving. Right. Days. Right. And so I, after a while, I was just like, I'm done to negotiate. I just don't want to sit there and negotiate back and forth trying to figure it out. I already gave him the money. So I was like, okay, I'll see you up there. But And that's why I was late. I was good. Right. I did that because I wouldn't have made it anyway because I was wandering around for an hour and a half lost. So if I would have left, if I didn't give them that leeway, I would have been screwed because I was late anyway. All right. Okay. So, so I you was an hour and a half So late. you didn't want to fight about the 900 bucks because regardless of whether they held up their end or not, you were still 90 minutes late. Yeah, I was. I see. So you didn't feel like you had the leverage to complain about it. All right. So you uh, were there. You're covered in, uh, part of you was covered in this unpleasant heat rash. The girls look at you and they all say, are you still itchy? I'm shifting right here. Oh, dude. Oh, gross, Richie. <laughs> sticky. It's not even hot here either. It's sticky. Thanks for sharing that. They're sticking together. My thighs are sticking together. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel them sticking. Your thighs are sticking together? Or? Yeah, my thighs when I remember them like this. Will it make a noise if you hold them up to the microphone? Hey, Rick, can I say... On the air. 
I don't even know what word you just mouthed to me. Can you write it down? Yeah, let me write it down. Uh-oh. All right. Um, your thighs are sticking together? Yeah, I can feel them stick. stick. Have you tried? Sh- how many times have you showered since you got back? Uh... <laughs> What? I don't even know what that what that means in in the con. Probably not because I don't know what it means. Okay. Um. All right. So that's what my friend says when it's really when it's really hot. Is your rash still there? No, just bumps. It's <laughs> going away. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this. Just this is my in your. I understand it was disappointing that you went there, and after all of this buildup. I mean, can I just can I speak for all of us when I say that none of us expected this to be the resolution to the hooker story? Yeah, I mean, I went through a lot of work to. Dude, it was your whole, I mean, the part of the, it was basically the high point of the whole trip, you might say. Yeah. Uh, and we all went around the room before we talked to you trying to guess what happened. Did you get with one girl, two girls, three girls? Did it all happen? Did none of it happen? Did they catch you with a camera and give you a beating? I mean, <laughs> and, and the idea that you went to this brothel and that you had this heat rash, and so all the girls, five different hookers refused to have sex with you. Yeah. I was scared. It was weird because, you know, I was like, tough. I'm going to do this and do totally, that and yeah. go up there. And then once we saw the lights, I, I was getting butterflies. Yeah. And well, I it's, didn't... it's a weird experience. So I said, well, oh, I'm going to smoke a cigarette standing outside in between right. going in in the car, kind of stalling in a yeah. sense. And then it was just, it's just a weird feeling. And then once we went in, it was just like. I kind of stalled, and they were asking me. Now, did you stall because you were thinking maybe you wouldn't uh, be able to perform, or you just found the whole thing kind of kind of weird feeling? It was weird. I was like embarrassed, but nobody could see me because it is because it is kind of a weird. I mean, I said there's nothing wrong with it, but it is sort of it is sort of strange. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, even look, I'm in favor. Prostitution should be legal. I don't have any problem with it. It's fine. Whatever people want to do, doesn't matter to me. Uh, But but it is it's a weird. It's it does seem like it would be kind of embarrassing, even if you're even if you know. Even yeah. if everybody's, you know, all sort of into it, it seems like it would be a little weird. Yeah, because immediately they say, oh, you want us to bring the girls out and to look at them? And I'm like, no, you got a bar. And kind right. Of went to the bar, had some drinks, smoked cigarettes, played some pool. Just right. didn't want to get the... Is it Now, is it embarrassing because uh, is part of it, are you sort of embarrassed for the girls? Just the whole like, thing. Is the I whole thing of the girls coming out and, like, parading in front of you, is that kind of weird? Yeah. I think that would be weird for me. Yeah. I mean, maybe I was embarrassed when they came to talk to us when we were yeah. playing pool. Like, oh, are they kind of like hooking it up, like still? Yeah, showing themselves a little early, like coming out and saying hi. Like how leaning you doing? over and being yeah. weird. You're partying. Hi, baby. Uh, what's your name? We're not trying to. Were they trying to be sexy talk? Oh yeah. Well, See, and it, it, can I speak forever? So fake. See, that's the thing. Is like, wouldn't you just prefer that they come out like, hey, uh, my name is Sharice. Uh, for three hundred bucks, we can go up to the room and bang it out. And you'd be like, all right, fine. It's but when they come over and they're like. Hey, baby, how are you? Hey, I like your shoes. And, like, come on. <laughs> you know? No, they're good. They're professional. They're no, no, no. I, I'm just saying. They sounded sincere. Like, you would believe it. But see, I, but, but see, I wouldn't. I think that's my thing is I, I would just prefer that they not even pretend. Just, ever, just come out and just say it what it is. Uh-huh. That's, that's for me anyway. All right. So, so the five different girls all turn you down. And then you just rather than eat the nine hundred bucks though, you just you kinda of seeded that over to your to your guys who were there with you? Yeah, I told the madam to take four fifty of it and give it to my buddy. To split it up among the two guys. And he was like, No, and I pushed him and I kept pushing him and he said, Let me finish my beer. He finished my his beer, he went to the bathroom and like, What'd you do in the bathroom? And then we said, yeah, get in there and he's like, No, I want another beer we're like, No, we're waiting, let's get out of here and I pushed him and he went in there. Okay. And so uh all right, and so then he spent above your deposit. The one guy spent four hundred and fifty bucks of his own money. More than that. Oops. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not, I, we I don't didn't, care. Want, one of them didn't want me to discuss what he did because 
Well, you already told us on Friday that he spent like at least five hundred bucks and was t- and lasted said, ten minutes, like two thousand or something. Well, the one just put what I put down, right? And then the other one used that partially, and basically that's when the chick, the hooker, came out with her his credit card. Right. Oh, and yeah, and you saw him. You saw her running the card. Yeah, they were running the card again. I'm like, oh, that's on top. So of one that. guy paid like five hundred. The other guy paid like fourteen. Yeah, one of them was in there for five ten minutes. The other one was gone for half an hour plus. But I mean, half an hour for fourteen. Can you? Somebody really nailed this on Friday, so to speak, and they they gave me the. They said, can you possibly imagine the buyer's remorse afterward? I mean, can you? I mean, really? I, I, and again, I don't mean to knock the experience or the ladies or the, the whatever, but I mean, think of what you could buy with fourteen hundred dollars. Oh. Uh, I mean, can you imagine once, once, uh, how do I put this? As a, as a man, you, you're finished. Can you imagine the buyer's remorse that immediately kicks him? You're like, ah, crap. No, he, oh, I'm going to say something. Does he give the whole thing a thumbs up? Uh, let, let's say the last time he got lucky was over when he was in high school, over 10 years ago. Really? Yes. Yeah, it had been over 10 years. Was he married or something? No. Is, um... I probably shouldn't talk about that. Well, but I mean... I already did, but I mean, but now I, know, I have to know. But, like, but I mean, when you say that over a decade ago, like, I, uh, I mean, is there some specific reason for that? Uh, we're trying to figure it out. But I mean, is that the, just uh, for lack of trying? Yeah, I think so. Other priorities, I guess. So did he sleep with the prostitute? I, I but something that. happened, right? They went in the room. One was ten but, minutes. So they, yeah, but ten minutes. <laughs> was he the ten minute guy? Ten minutes. Well, of course, if you haven't been with a woman for a decade, of well, course it's going to be ten minutes. A lot of foreplay if it's a hooker. That's the thing. Well, and, and even if there is, it's like if you, I mean, you know, I mean, we're all adults here. If a guy hasn't had any action in like a decade, and there he is with a girl, was she was she attractive? Uh huh. Well, see, there you go. It's like, a, and it's sort of a, I would say extra. Um, Exciting in the sense that your adrenaline is really going anyway, because it's like a weird sort of a taboo thing and whatever. And it's a hot girl, and you also haven't had sex in ten years. And then there's some hooker. I mean, I mean, it's, I'm amazed it was ten minutes. Ten years? I don't even think it was ten minutes. It was ten minutes, including including the walk to the room and the, the back, well, and picking out the girl and uh, ten years. I mean, what? I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. That just seems weird. I uh, especially if you got fourteen hundred bucks to be thrown around or whatever. So. Well, all right. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's so, you know, that, uh, anyways, we sort of discussed the whole thing on Friday and we played on the recap today. And so I, I guess uh, now we just, I feel like, we, like we're obligated to find some girls uh, for you, Richie. I, I feel bad that the we whole thing went to. We need to make you a Neapolitan. Seriously. We need well, to, it'd be nice. A homemade Neapolitan. I don't know. That's where you go to, you go to different places like Vegas and stuff to do things you can't do normally home. And then when you get home, but you do, but you, but you do, but you normally. <laughs> Seriously. It's not like, here. You slept with the used a plethora of sex toys on her. I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, I mean you've already, like, banged one listener from the show and some girl at Clear Channel. But that's and what you can do here, though. You can't... You know what I mean? Richie, you, did you not once tell us that you had five women in a day? Yeah. Okay, so the well, idea that you could somehow have three women you at know, a time... And it doesn't seem like Vegas works out that well for you. I mean, you went, to, <laughs> you went to Vegas to sleep with three people. You slept with no people. I mean, that's, that's I the thing. Like, you're in Vegas where you are not even... I understand it was the circumstances beyond your control to some extent, although you could have showered. Uh, the, the Vegas, you just, just, just taken a bath, Richie. Well, uh, 
It was crazy. <laughs> Well, because we had two hotel rooms, and it's like we had the idea where, like, we don't have a fridge. Oh, well, let's go get some beer and ice and blah, blah, blah. When we were done, they had filled theirs, and we had filled theirs. And my idea was one of us fill our tub. And how, seemed, how hard would it have been to just move the beer? There's a lot of beer. It's full. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's, it was a lot of work. What we were we... more worried about drinking and gambling. We, we figured we'd drink the tubs empty. And then we would be cool, but... When you first got the weird heat rash, did you start showering then, at least? No, I was wiping myself with... <laughs> like, we'd go eat at a buffet, and I'd take wet wipes to the bathroom and stuff. Wow. That is, like, the worst thing I have ever heard. So you had lemon-scented junk. Yeah. You okay. weren't cleaning yourself, but you'd go into bathrooms of random casinos and baby wipe your body. <laughs> I was just going to say, what do you... And then we were walking, and pulling my shorts up real high so that they... So your thighs don't rub You together. are all, you are so sexy, it didn't really work. Seriously, you are like sex personified. <laughs> but, oh, you know, one thing we didn't say was, you know, afterwards we left the ranch. Mm -hmm. uh, we tried again at this chicken ranch. <laughs> you went to a second place. Well, How'd that work out? Wearing, yeah, right? the chicken ranch. How'd it work out at the second place? Uh, well, me and my other buddy that hadn't got yeah. uh, service at the first one. <laughs> <laughs> went into the other the neck the chicken. So you ranch. tried another place down the road. Yeah. And did they, did they inspect your junk? No, I got chicken at the chicken ranch. So at that place you just didn't you didn't want to go but through with it. By chicken, do you mean got laid or? Well, I no, I think he he sort of chickened out. I talked to the madam and we were. I was like, okay, well, it's kind of buying time. That's why I got all these souvenirs right. and stuff. And I was just talking, trying to prone to see well how stringent they were. I was telling them about. So are you gonna look at my junk? I mean, theoretically, what if I were covered in some sort of a splotchy rash? I mean, just for the sake of argument. <laughs> I, uh, I had a friend. Yeah. I have a friend of mine whose junk is splotchy. What do you, uh, how do you feel about that here? Here's a picture of my iPhone. And? <laughs> it just didn't seem right. They had, they said any kind of, you know. So you were just, you, so you, you, uh, so you sort of were figuring at the second place you would be turned down again. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was good. Well, Richie, there's always the Hanoi Hilton if you want to go back to your native land. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's a regular Hilton. I'll be going there in 2000. It says travel should take you places, Richie. Uh -huh. It's in Hanoi's French Quarter. There you go. Oh, okay. All Thank right. you. <laughs> well, let's Friday take a break, there. shall we? I'll be there in 2010. Let's take a break. We'll come back uh, with some uh, headlines, and uh, we will discuss the specifics of Timmy Ryan's uh, jogging contest tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Wow. One of those days. Magnets are fun. I like cheese. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Things keep getting more and more crazy. All right, so tomorrow on this very fine radio program, Ryan's run. Timmy Ryan will be running. Well, we'll figure out exactly how many miles here in just a second. Also, it's going to be 100 degrees. Also, he's running in Chuck Taylor flat, uh, flat uh, shoes. It's the greatest day ever. And is this in studio, Richie? Tomorrow, Ariana Richards from Jurassic Park and Angus in studio. That's just Ariana no. Huffington. Yes. What? Oh, I'm nervous. No, not Ariana Huffington. Uh, Ar Ariana Richards, who is uh, the she is the blonde girl in Jurassic Park. 
and she is the sort of prom queen girl or whatever in the movie Angus, which is beloved by Sarah Dillon and myself. Uh, we will have her in the studio tomorrow. That's fantastic. Excellent. Well done, Richie That's Bristol. Handy. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Wow, this is a big story over on the coast. A small plane crashed into a house with a vacationing family inside and burst into flames. This happened on the coastal town of Gearhart earlier this morning. And apparently there are four dead and one missing. This plane took off shortly after 6.30 from the seaside airport. It was foggy outside. Clipped the top of the tree and then hit a house. Jesus. And then, uh, moments later, a second house burst into flames. So, that's not good at all. Uh, let's do a taser watch. Here's your taser watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson radio program. The Michigan wedding of Durango newlyweds Andy and Annie Samora came to an abrupt end over the weekend after the bride and groom were tasered by local police and spent their <laughs> wedding night in jail. Excellent. They're classy. This happened at the Chickaming Township. Officer uh, Jeff Enders responded. <laughs> after gallery owner Judy Benison asked for assistance when unruly guests at the wedding reception were causing problems, a Bertison who rented the gallery to the Samoras for the reception... Uh, told the police uh, that the party had gotten out of hand and there was uh, broken glass and spilled drinks. Well, anyway, the assembled guests were asked to leave, but many became upset. The woman called for backup and 14 law enforcement agencies responded to help clear the crowd. As many as 100 guests left peacefully, but several continued to be disorderly and swear at the police. Uh, apparently, the photographer said they ruined a perfectly good wedding. <laughs> From my perspective, is that the main officer... Candle very cool at first. Then he started threatening everyone, saying that they would be arrested. But trying to kick uh, the party out at uh, 11.20 on a big wedding night was uh, something that would be done by a big jerk. So how, <laughs> so how, did, the, how did the bride and groom come to be tased? Uh, let's see here. Uh, the crowd got unruly after police handcuffed the groom's father, and put him in the back of a police cruiser. <laughs> Best wedding ever. The elderly Samora, whom he described as a distinguished older gentleman, was trying to talk to police, trying to defuse the situation. I don't believe it, but I witnessed it. It was brutal, and that's when Andy got mad. <laughs> Andy Samora had to be restrained by police and was tasered at least twice. <laughs> His wife also received a shock because she was touching her husband during one of the incidents. So the shock apparently traveled through him to her. Excellent. Well, it's for better or for worse. <laughs> Seriously. So the husband and wife were both arrested, but Chickaming police will not confirm that claim, and no mention of the use of taser is included in the news release. That's fantastic. They arrested four men and two women, but the department will not release the names of those arrested until they are arraigned. The charges include assault, battery, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and obstruction of justice. <laughs> fantastic. All right, that's a uh, there's your taser watch from Monday.
Excellent. Attention those who love to ride bicycles. It's going to be a weekend of health, walking, and pedaling in downtown Portland. The 13th annual Providence Bridge Pedal Health and Wellness Expo begins Saturday with a popular bridge pedal and bridge stride on Sunday. There are going to be 16,000 cyclists out there. It'll be the second largest community bike ride in the country and the third largest in the world. I mean, there's going to be a uh, beating of some kind that happens. It's going to be some the, kind of a riot. At the same time, there's going to be a five-mile walk across the bridges. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, just about everything. Yes. Uh, the riders will cover 11 bridges, and people are going to be very upset about this. It's a 37-mile ride, enough to irritate lots of people. It's going to be family-friendly, they say. Is it true that it's going to be 100 degrees tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> this is tomorrow? It's this summer? No, oh, this no, weekend. The thing this okay. weekend. It's going to yeah. cool off by the weekend, but for most of this week, it's going to be excruciatingly hot. That includes tomorrow when Timmy Ryan is going to be running. Okay, we got to figure this out. So, here's the thing. It, because I was watching the Space comments, and there was this whole business of where they think it's a 10-mile run in two hours. And that's not the thing. That is a side bet. Timmy Ryan has a side bet with a listener uh, named Irish. And the bet there is that Timmy Ryan can or cannot do 10 miles in two hours. At stake, correct me if I'm wrong here, is an 80-year-old bottle of Jameson's. I don't know what Timmy's putting up. Yeah. Uh, but that's the deal, that he can run 10 miles in no less than two hours. Okay, that being said, what is our actual bet? I think our actual bet, now correct me if I'm wrong, uh, because you're here through this whole thing too. Uh, so maybe I heard this wrong. I do believe, and I don't know if you were here to hear this, uh, Tim. You might have been gone. This might have been when he was filling in for you. I do believe that Timmy Ryan said he could run 16 miles in two hours, 45 minutes. Yes, he did say that. Did he say that? All right. See, I think that's the bet. Uh, I, I think that is the nature of the wager then. Uh, uh, and I think, so the deal is, tomorrow... Uh, what what time should okay so so we need to figure this out so let's get all this written down maybe we should have him start at noon so that we'd have like a, a definitive ending time because two forty five would would be that gives him at least three hours uh, and you know that so that's enough time to get there start if he has to stop use the bathroom whatever that gives us a little fifteen minutes of like wiggle room or whatever so if we say he has to start running at noon what do you think or eleven thirty. 11.30. Let's go 11.30. Right. Give a little buffer room. All right. So let's, um, hey, Richie, uh, can we get Timmy on the phone? Is he around? What was that? What? what? Uh, pick up the one. What? What? All right. I think we need a stenographer <laughs> to take all this time. Okay, quit answering. <laughs> more. All right. Yeah, more. Yeah, just to. Let's talk you more, colleagues. I was just going to, I was trying to find something that rhymed. But yeah, let's squawk, more talk. Uh, oh, so, uh, all right, so let's see. Was that going to be the, the logo for our station? No. Or the slogan? So let's see. So 11.30 a.m., the run begins. He has to do, as his side bet with Irish, 10 miles by 1.30, mm -hmm. you know, in two hours. Uh, for our bet, he must do 12.30, 1.30. By 2.15, he must do 16 miles. So let's see. So by 1.30 p.m., he must do... Ten miles. I'm writing all this down. And I'm going to give all this to Adam, who is going to be there tomorrow. Uh, Kristen Bowie wants to go there, but she's not able to be there, unfortunately. So Adam from the Pimp Squad will be there, sort of keeping everybody honest. So he must do 16 miles by 2.15. This will be happening, by the way, if you'd like to go and watch or help keep track. This is going to be tomorrow, starting at 11.30 a.m. at the Cleveland High Track, uh, which is at 31st and Powell in southeast Portland. Southeast 31st. 
and Powell. Okay, so and uh, he's at, he's in Sweet Home right now. He's coming back to Portland tonight. So I'm unclear about whether we're sort of going to be able to get him on the phone. Oh, is this him? Is this Timmy Ryan? Yeah. All right. Let's welcome now. Wait, hold on. Let's welcome now. <laughs> from from the Pimp Squad, uh, the one and only Timmy Ryan. Hello, sir. What's going on? How's life in Pimp uh, oh, Squad? Wild. How's life? Uh, how's life I'm, in How's life in Sweet Home? Well, I'm out of Sweet Home now. Where are you now? I'm resting comfortably. Are you back in Portland? Yeah, I'm pretty dehydrated from the last like four days. Have you been training real hard? No, I've been drinking really hard actually. Excellent. All right, so. Let's just clarify some of the details that are happening for tomorrow. So tomorrow, uh, yeah. the the run is to begin at 11.30. Jog off. <laughs> the run is to begin at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow. Okay, so it starts at 11.30. Of course, it's like one of the hottest days of the year, too. I have to run this. Well, you know what? Uh, you're a trooper. You're, you're the healthiest guy I know. I was going to say, you're, what with your vegan lifestyle and all, you're able to run 1,000 miles if you have to. Well, here, here's you're the, the healthiest point. person in the building. Here, here's a good point. Apparently, Adam's going to be out there. Yes. I think Adam's going to be there. And then I think Shelly's going to come out, uh, and she's going to have a bunch of like cold Gatorade for me. So it won't be that bad. So no, you'll be fine. All right, you'll be, you'll be fine. I mean, except for the whole fact that I have to run around over and over and over again, and it's going to kill my brain, you know. Other than that, I, I'll be all right. Yeah, but I think CBS would probably frown on you running in the street in the station vehicle pacing you. That seems like a way to, to get us some bad press coverage. Okay. So uh, so the, it is at, uh, the, it is at the uh, 31st in Powell Cleveland High Track. This is tomorrow, okay. Tuesday, 11.30 a.m., the Cleveland High School track, which is a quarter mile track, Starting at 11:30 a.m., Adam from the Pimp Squad will be there. Uh, he is on his honor as a man to 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 uh, to record things correctly and accurately. We will have a stopwatch. Uh, we'll have a legal pad to sort of track things uh, and just sort of keep track of, of what you run and when. Um, so listeners are asking Sarah uh, if he can walk too. In other words, does he have? Is it a question of did the distance? Hey, Ryan doesn't walk. But if he wishes to, is, in other words. As long as he gets the distance in that time, does it matter if he occasionally walks? I'm saying for me it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's just all about the amount of time. It's the distance. I'm just going to try to run the whole damn thing. I mean, I, I never walk when I run. I'm of always kind of – I, I want to – I want to get it done. Yeah, because you're all mad. Or if he's crippled along the way, I'm sure that'd be. <laughs> you're crippled. Oh. You have to drag yourself by your hands. I'm sure my uh, my shins and my feet will not be feeling very well tomorrow. But you know. Are you gonna wear running shoes or are you gonna run in your Converse? I'm running in the Chucks, baby. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'm hardcore. So now we got to clarify the bet here. So you have this side bet with listener Irish that you. Well, I ran into in Sweet Home, by the way. Really? Yeah, he is down there. Excellent. So that's a whole other story, actually. So the side bet with with this listener is that you can do ten miles in two hours. Yeah. Uh, and and he is wagering you an eighty year old bottle of Jameson. Are you putting up anything against that, by the way? Uh, no, because he made he made the wager, and it's just like I here's what I told him down there. I said, here's the deal, man. Um, I'll take I'll take the whiskey, but I'll drink it with you. All right. So okay. So so if you win, you will kind of split it with him. Right. I mean, it'll be like. It'll be a celebration intoxication. You know? Okay. All right. So the side bet is that you will do 10 miles in two hours. The bet that you have yeah. with Sarah and myself mm-hmm. is that you will do 16 miles in 245. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So this is a verbal contract. Everybody heard this. 16 miles, so, 245. So 245. So I have to hit 245. No, let's just say it's 250. Let's just say I fall through a little bit. Are you guys going to make fun of me? No. Or there's no, there's, no. This is not horseshoes. Uh, you, what, is, what difference is five minutes going to make? 
I'm going to try to hit it. I'm going to try to run my ass off. I really am, you know? Okay, so... Hey, Ryan, I think you're going to prove us all wrong. I just want... I wish that we could see it. I wish we could be there. Uh, but uh, Adam will be there. We'll have a stopwatch. Uh, we'll have... Everything will be, uh, you know, on the up and up. We'll make sure everything is calibrated correctly. So... Are there going to be, like, spectators cheering me on lap by lap? Well, it's a... Pu- we'll try. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how that's going to work. It's a public track, uh, so presumably listeners will come by to give you their... Support or whatever. And, and feel free if there's good looking girls around, you know, raise the top while I'm running. Give me a little encouragement. <laughs> I'm sure Shelly will be a big fan of that if she's Seriously. handing you Gatorade. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Shelly's You're handing you Gatorade while some slut shows you her boobs. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> great. Good to me. Okay. So we're going to aim for 1130, but that's less of an issue than the actual time because Adam will have a stopwatch. But the, well, but, listen, that'll be worth people going to check out anyway because the, they get to meet the secret Shelly. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, but the goal, but we need to get it done sort of during the show. So we'd like for the running to actually begin no later than 1130. So you will begin at the two-hour mark. You must have uh, exceeded 10 miles, you know, 10 miles or above uh, to win your bet with Irish. At the two-hour, 45-minute mark, you must have broken 16 miles uh, to win your bet with Sarah and myself. If you are if you are able to hit 16 miles in two hours and 45 minutes, uh, Sarah and myself, we will retract our statement on the air. We will and apologize. We will that you are the healthiest person we know. We will acknowledge that you are, in fact, the healthiest person in the entire building, the healthiest person we know, and that you were correct and we were wrong. Thank God. All right. What are, but here's a question, Sarah. But if he doesn't do it, what is Timmy do? What's Timmy going to do for us? I mean, it's got to be sort of equal. Should he just have to come on and admit that he was that he is not uh, that healthy? Can we, can we each write statements for the other people to say? Okay. Hey, there you go. That's. Uh, so you get to write, so you can write something out to me that that you want us to say, and then in turn, if you if you fail, we we get to write something out for you to declare on I, you. I like this idea. Fantastic. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. Uh, so there you go, uh, and uh, so forth. All right. And is there okay. anything else we need to clarify while we're here? Mm-hmm. Oh no, no. Anything else? No. Sarah. No, I think so. So it's 11:30 tomorrow. Adam's yeah. going to be there. Is there any way that we can do like a live streaming like video thing? How they do it on TMZ? You know, I don't know. It's a it's a question of Wi-Fi and whatever. So we'll look into it today. Unfortunately, Bridget's gone today, which sort of hamstrings us uh, a little bit. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, she's sick. Huh? Yeah. So uh, we'll be doing we'll be doing uh, call-ins though uh, from Adam from the Pimp Squad. He'll be there. Uh, so feel free to go by. That is tomorrow morning, 1130, uh, 31st and Powell, the Cleveland High School track, where Timmy Ryan will do 10 miles in two hours and 16 miles in two hours, 45 minutes. It is Ryan's Run, the Timmy Ryan Portland jog-off. Yeah! All right. Thank you, Timmy. Bye. Uh, there Bye, you Timmy. go. That's Timmy Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let's take a break. Come back after this. Uh, don't forget, this coming Friday, 888 at 2 p.m., the Emerson Address happens. We endeavor to speak to the entire population of Portland, of Oregon, of the United States, and of the world. Be listening for details on that. 888 comes this Friday at 2 p.m. Stay there. Wrap it up after this. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. We did get a lot done today. Yes, we did. I'm exhausted. All right, so how long do we have her? Like three and a half minutes. 
All right. Uh, if you would like to sneak on before the end of the program, now is the time to do it. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, I think we've been better about calls lately, about not making people wait like four hours to get on the show. Mm-hmm. Trying to, like... It's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a little personal improvement. I'm trying to be better about that. It's a thing. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Somebody had a really good point, Richie, which is you're in Vegas. You're gambling. Uh, why Why were you paying for drinks? This is, the whole thing just makes no sense. It's one thing if you're like Sarah and you're not going to gamble. But if you're in Vegas and you're gambling, it seems like you shouldn't have to buy. I mean, the last time we went there, I don't think my wife bought a drink the entire time we were there. As long as you're just like... Even sort of act as though you might be going to gamble. They just, uh, you know, it's like white Russians out your ears, man. Well, whatever. Um, anywho, uh, so tomorrow, busy show tomorrow. Um, busy week. I mean, this whole week is already busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, Timmy Ryan will be running. Uh, somebody's telling us there's football practice there tomorrow, too. Yeah. I'm sure we'll make it work. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, Timmy Ryan, the Portland jog off, uh, happening tomorrow, 11.30 a.m., uh, at Cleveland High School's track at 31st and Powell. That is tomorrow. Uh, so that is going to be taking place. We'll be doing check-ins all throughout the show. Uh, tomorrow in studio in the 2 o'clock hour, Ariana Richards. You know her from Jurassic Park and the movie Angus. Uh, and I guess she's, uh, she's a musician now and is also doing some she's art. She's also in Tremors. Oh, that's right. Look at you. Oh, no, that's, it's IMDb. It's not me. Bam. Uh, so we'll be, uh, so that's happening. So Ariana Richards in studio with us tomorrow. Uh, don't forget, this coming Friday is 888. Uh, the Emerson Address happening this coming Friday, 888. We've already found out the message is going to be beamed to 10 floors and 432 offices uh, in a Puerto Rican office building. Uh, we already The message is going to be beamed in New Zealand. The goal is to get every radio, every set of speakers, every web stream, every whatever tuned to this station this coming Friday at 2 p.m. We will address the entire population of the state, uh, nay, the world, all at once. We'll be talking more about that. So we're only four days away from that. It's all very exciting. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hello, Rick. What's up? Um, hey, I had a had an idea here kind of last minute. Maybe we can expand on it a little bit tomorrow. Um, I'm proposing that uh, Timmy's efforts uh, tomorrow be expanded a little bit to maybe include, say, uh, a his favorite charity. I think his favorite charity is. I think his favorite. I think his favorite charity is the destruction of his liver. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, saving a, you know, spider or something. Um, well, don't get me know, wrong. I do like the idea of having a charity for spiders, but that's it's probably a, a bit late to put that together, though, unfortunately. I, I was I was afraid of that. But well, uh, you know what? I, I will, uh, if, if he can announce at some point what that charity might be, I will, uh, you know, donate a couple of bucks a mile or something. All right. Thank you. Uh, All right. And his behalf. Okay. So. Thank you. All right. Not going to happen. Hi, <laughs> you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yes. Hi, I'm... No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick. Uh, now, the history and that we've had now with the Pimp Squad and these uh, radio um, bits that we've done. Yes, sir. Does not turn out so well. Now, tomorrow it's going to be 100 degrees. There's going to be a football team there practicing. When, <laughs> when they find out that he's a vegan, I mean, they're going to pummel this guy. Yes. I feel sorry for Timmy Ryan. No, no, no. I'm, uh, I, you know, but all the things you listed as disadvantages, those are right. Those are firmly in the pro column in my yeah, head. Yeah, but Rick, I mean, this could turn out very badly. Yes, it could. Yes, it could. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. 
All right, there you go. We'll leave it there for today. Thank you. No time to be fair to another caller. Uh, don't forget, though, you can join us tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, let's see. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins, uh, Steve Kastenbaum, and Ira Melman, whom we love from afar. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Ariana Richards from Jurassic Park and Timmy Ryan's Jog Off. Uh, let's see. Rick Emerson's show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. For AM 970, the talker in the newsroom, it's Tim Riley. On the phones, Richard Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Donap with me, Reynolds, and director of engineering Brian Jones. Like us next, Michael Mara's show at 7. We'll see you all tomorrow at 11 a.m. Thank you for listening. Watch out for snakes. See you then. Bye now. Interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay.